Episode 6 The End Now that Cindy, Julianne, Lope and Chet have returned to their dimensions and reunited with their friends, they must ready their companions for the battle to come. The fate of all rests on the shoulders of these 15 hunters. Cindy rejoins Rodney and Ezra, but finds that Lamar didn't survive his encounter with Monty while she toiled away in the Nexus. see the dead body of Lamar. No. Oh my god, I uh how how far away are they from me? Y'all are all out in like the bar area of Edminions and also Sydney and Ezra you're just now getting back to Edminions. It looks like half of the building has been exploded. There's larger size people have been turned into little drummer boys are we surrounded by drummer boys yeah like living ones yeah they do not seem like the ones that you fought down there they seem larger fun 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 and my poor buddy lamar is dead on the floor um i'm going to i think you know appear in this space and i was kind of anticipating something like this so i'm not totally shocked uh i look around see my friends and i think my face sort of lights up a little bit with recognition but then immediately flips as i know what else i'm probably going to see and i look over to see lamar's dead body and it confirms what i already knew um but even though i've already sort of seen this in a different way in a different vision space seeing it in person is still super rough so i think that my immediate reaction looking around and seeing the situation here is going to be to uh run over to where lamar's dead body is and pull out my sword and just sort of take a defensive stance like I don't want any of these monsters to get to it. So you run over to guard Lamar's dead body on the floor and pull out your sword and as soon as you do your sword starts to flicker. Oh I don't like that. It disappears but it doesn't disappear in your pocket dimension. Oh I really don't like that. And then reappears and it seems like your sword has been transformed into a machine gun. I'm not crazy Whoa. about that, but this I can work with. <laughs> I will like to uh, uh, apologize about that. That was a miscommunication. So You gunned my sword? It was an accident. Do you know how long I've had that sword? I would like to reiterate, it was an accident. There are more present things. I, I, I don't know how long I've had that sword. There's, there's literally no way to measure the amount of time I've had that sword. You haven't invented it yet. Um, Rodney doesn't know that Lamar is dead for sure, so he's going to run over and try to check the body. Or he thinks Lamar might just be knocked out. You go to check, and uh, Lamar's body is definitely injured and burnt up. It's completely cold and lifeless. There is no sign of life within oh, Lamar. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Uh, okay. And uh, Rodney's very upset. I and mean, this is the most emotional Rodney's been the entire time. 
Ezra and Rodney are, are beside Lamar's body. Cindy, what are you doing? All right, so I, I know I did introduce a great deal of weaponry to our world. You do look around, and there are just weapons littered everywhere around. <laughs> All right, so, like, I just kind of want to uh, do, like, rad little stomp on, like, the stock of an M870 shotgun and just, like, kick it right up into my hands and just start blowing away some of these drummer boys. You kick flip slam down on a like a shotgun that's laying on top of another shotgun and it like spins in the air and just like shoots and blows off the head of a little drummer boy and you just grab the gun in your hand very professional like very very clean while all of this extremely dope shit is happening i am still just like being pettily irate in the background i think i'm sitting there the entire time like these could have been swords all of these could have been swords there's no good reason for this to be name one way this is better than the sword that i had the flaming sword as cindy is shooting she just says well you see my my friend over there she had said oh well i would like my god have swords and i was like that's fine by me and then it kind of just deleted swords <laughs> from here. So <laughs> you I love know. the idea that this conversation is happening while Cindy is fully just like mowing down row after row of these guys. Yeah, no, she is like every time like she runs out of ammo, she doesn't even like skip a beat. She's already got another gun <laughs> in her hands. And you can see outside, it looked like it just started to literally rain guns. Rad, rad, rad. So, um, it was a very complicated situation, and, like, sometimes it would take us quite literally, and then other times it would seem very subjective on, like, what it would consider our words, so... Cindy, you know that I cherish your friendship, but I am dealing with a lot right now. I'm under a great deal of stress, and I would appreciate it if you would speak a little bit more plainly. I was at the nexus of all creation for all realities and kind of <laughs> got to dip my fingers into it. <laughs> See, that makes sense. This, this is good communication. All right. Well, you know, I just wanted to take one little baby step at a time. Well, you should start with the nexus of creation. I mean, that is literally the place to start anything. Oh, well, I, I do apologize, dear. I, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. So here's the situation. First of all, very terribly sad about our... Our, our poor dear Lamar over there. We will deal with that. Unfortunately, given my predisposition, I am inclined to focus on the immediate present danger over the lost friends. Now, I have lost plenty of my time, so I'm kind of used to it. So, I want to make this very, very quick. We have to summon what is effectively our God and Creator and then murder it. With a lot of guns. You do understand why this is difficult for me. Yes, I do. I understand. I don't know that it is your god, per se. I was kind of unclear on that, because apparently this one had <laughs> kind of gone away for a while and had been messing around in other realities. So, mm. yeah, we're kind of forcing it to come back. And if we don't kill it, then our reality will die. And so will everyone else's. Okay. It's complicated. See, we're stopping this thing called the void, and it wants to destroy everything, and we kind of act as a stopgap. Now, there's three other realities that are also going to be attempting the same thing. So if we fail, but one of them succeed, it ain't 
so bad, but we will all die and my poor dear wife will be very upset with me. Also, keep in mind, while this has been happening, Cindy is just walking around, <laughs> picking up guns and just killing little drummer boys because they're just all over the place. They're coming from outside. Mothman, Weed Lord 420 did get shot down in, in all of this. I was hoping to save him. But luckily, Rodney didn't have to put down his only friend. Mm-hmm. Cindy, you do see on the ground a morning star. Oh, I- Excellent. That is exactly what we need to kick this puppy off. Now, beforehand, I would like to make my way to my van because I do have all of my old equipment in there kind of stashed away. And I would feel a little bit more comfortable with that than just whatever willy-nilly little guns I find spilling around on the ground. Oh, well, I'm so glad that you get to have weaponry you're comfortable with, Cindy. Well, I do apologize, but it is my favorite grenade launcher. I'll be right back. Would one of y'all mind covering me for just a moment? I can. All right, I'm going to... Hoist the machine gun up and keep cover fire going. Cindy's going to go out to her van. Ezra, I'm not going to make you roll for this because Ezra's pretty upset right now. They don't want a fucking gun. Guns are stupid. You had a flaming holy sword and now you have a, a flaming you holy have a sword. dumb gun. It's so stupid. And then you see a little drummer boy getting close to Cindy and you fire off a shot. And you realize this gun shoots holy flaming bullets and has unlimited ammo. Whoa. So that does make it slightly more dope. (laughs) So what this is going to be, it's going to do the same stats as your sword. Okay, great. But so essentially your sword just transformed into a machine gun. I choose to believe that means there's hope to transform it back. I don't know. Faith is all that is allowed to me in this time, Cindy. Don't take this from me. Cindy kind of just like uh, had to had to negotiate with everything. So it's been a very long day for all of us. You know, is it is yes. all very accidental. There was a lot going on. It was kind of confusing. I mean, uh, y'all are gonna if this is what upsets you, you're gonna be even more upset with the other things that I've done. So, Cindy, you go get all the armaments that you need out of your truck. As she's killing these things, she pulls out, like, her key fob. Normally, you just hit, like, the unlock thing, but she kind of, like, hits the buttons in, like, a rapid sequence. The back door kind of opens, and everything slides up, and there's just, like, a whole, like, armament and, like, this heavy armor and everything. And she just pulls all that on, she flips out this grenade launcher, starts loading in shells. She's just slapping bandoliers on. <laughs> By the time she comes back, she's just like this walking tank, effectively. Wow. Oh, that's so good. So Cindy's always talked about how she used to do a bunch of jobs and used to, you know, think that most of them were just lies and stories. She probably just stole stories of other hunters that came and went and just likes to like sound like a badass. But at this point, this is when Ezra and Rodney realize none of it was a lie, and Cindy is now the professional playbook. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So I I know I hadn't really, like, mentioned too, too much about my old job, but see, I was part of Home Team. You might have heard of them. The Heavy Ordnance, Monster Extraterrestrial, Extermination, and Assessment Management. So now that that's the situation with that. We kind of uh, just blow monsters up. Well, keep doing that. Yeah, that's what I'm doing here. 
So now there's one last thing. With this god, we did kind of get a pick out like everything that could hurt it and like how powerful it was and it kind of balanced out between all of us. And well, with these other people, I didn't really want to hurt them too much. So I kind of made ours extra powerful and theirs much, much easier. What? What? Okay. I know us, and I believe in us, and I know we can handle it, and we're going to handle it for Lamar and for all the reality, and so Susan is really upset with me when I get home. Ezra thinks this is actually kind of charming and places a hand around Cindy's shoulder real quick and just says, Cindy, that's very sweet. Well, thank you. I, I do try. Now, if we're all done dealing with these little pilly little guys, how, how are y'all feeling in terms of your physicality? You aren't too beat up or nothing? I think I've only got one harm mark. I have two harm. If someone else needs healing, I can do that. My understanding is the second I strike this here mace, and she holds up this, the, the mace and waves it around. The second I strike this on the <laughs> ground, this will, this will summon our big old beastie feller. And after that... We can either break this to make us all feel real, real good, or smack it upside its head to really, really hurt it. The way I see it, I got a big old grenade launcher here. Y'all got all your fancy stuff there. I think we can take it. So, wanna heal up them boo-boos? Can we also say, Cindy, that this is our next case? Is taking on this creature? Well, I reckon so. Okay, good. Yeah, this will be my open case that I'll have. Like I said, I only have one harm. I don't want to waste healing on that. Well, we can save it for when we need it then. I'll just go ahead and strap to my my belt here. Um, are y'all ready to go then? Feeling up for it? Um, well, I don't think we're gonna get more ready. All right then. I just want to make sure. All right. Unfortunately, you can't call up your loved ones ahead of time because we also did kind of accidentally lose our cell phones. I'd like to apologize for that too, though that was not my fault. Cindy says that she takes the morning star and just spins it around and you start to see this bright light forming around the morning star itself. And Cindy just slams the head of the mace into the ground and a giant fissure just opens up in the earth, shooting out forward. Uh, you just feel a hella big earthquake from beneath you, and you start to see what little walls were left standing of Ed Minions just start to crumble around you, and you see about... Is, is the, hold on, is the whole place falling down? It's not is like... The, is the whole... Yeah, like all of Ed Minions is falling down around you. It doesn't, it, like, because it's an earthquake happening. I'm going to go get Eugene, my pet bearded dragon. I'm not going to let him, him die. Uh, roll to act under pressure. Okay. Oh no, that's a three. Don't take my, my last friend. Rodney runs to go get Eugene and sees that there is a beam falling in his room and sees the uh, cage there. Rodney runs and tries to catch Eugene and move him out of the way and does it just in time to push Eugene, but Rodney is now going to have a beam fall and uh, hit his leg for three harm, and he's trapped as the building's falling around him. Three harm? Jesus. Yeah, it might be about time for me to break that already. I scream like, ah! You hear a big crash in the background. You do hear like Rodney let out like a large scream. All right. Um, 
Would you like to take care of that, Ezra? Would you like me to? On it. I want to use angel wings to just get over there immediately. You try to summon your wings and you don't have them here either. Oh my god, Cindy! <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh, fine, Um, I will sprint over to where Rodney is. Yeah, you make your way in there and it doesn't seem like anything else is about to collapse on top of Rodney, but Rodney is pinned. His leg looks real fucked up. Okay, can I roll something to try to move this? Yeah, roll tough. That is a seven. You're able to uh, get Rodney out, and then once you lift it up, though, you do realize that uh, mm-hmm. there is bone sticking out of Rodney's leg. Oh, I don't love I'm that. Trying, okay. All I care about is saving Eugene. Yeah, Eugene I'm is trying still not to look safe. at my leg. Eugene is still good. His hat is on, and he just, like, slowly licks his eye as he's looking at you. All right, I'm going to roll to lay on hands, then, to try to help heal some of this. Is healing still in this universe? Yes. Did you disinvent no, healing? No, I did not. <laughs> Do that. Seven, which means I can heal two harm or an illness and stabilize, but I take the damage onto myself. So Rodney is healed for two harm, but I am now unstable. Thank you. Once again, I've got a thing where all I have to do is bust it over my knee and we'll be good. We, we've already got a massive injury and the, the god that we have to fight isn't even here yet. So that's true. No, I'm just like, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'll do. I'm like standing on my broken leg. No, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. It's, well, of course no. you're fine. I just healed your leg. <laughs> like, oh, I'm still, I'm still hurt. <laughs> yeah, Cindy's. She, she's a big old softy. No, I can't watch all this suffering. Just, I, I can't live with that. And then, like, she, <laughs> she just breaks the thing. <laughs> Yeah, Cindy takes the Morningstar, snaps it over her knee. A flash of light goes out, and in the second that y'all are uh, temporarily blinded by it, once you come back to, all of Ed Minion seems to be put back together, fixed. Eugene is back in his original spot in his container, and all of you are fully healed. Oh, rad. Nice. Okay. All right, kids, now let's go outside before we tear up the bar anymore. Okay. As the hunters of Prime One walk out to face the beginning of the end, Julianne reunites with her friends in Prime Two. August and Conrad are pleased to be back home, while Kurt can't trust himself to know if his family is truly back or not. These four have to steel themselves for what's to come. Everyone, you're looking around and you notice you are no longer in the basement of Denimizon. It now appears that you're in an open field at sunset, and there's a bunch of dead bodies of doppelgangers on the ground, and what looks like to be some charred earth as Julianne stands in the middle of it all. That's what you all four come back to. Kurt, you were the only one that stayed there, and you do now see that you're reunited with your whole team. Kurt is confused. He is he has tears welling up in his eyes. He just looks at the three of you and goes, I I I really don't know what's real anymore. Um are is it really you three or is this, is somebody fucking with me again? Uh Julianne walks over and hugs Kurt. And Kurt just busts out bawling. Loses words. Hey, uh Hey, I can't what happened? I I don't... Where'd you go? Some weird place. God, it sounds so wild. Well, I'm 
I'm just glad you're back, but you you, you can't leave again. I I can't. I don't. I don't think I can hang in this. I didn't. I didn't mean to leave. I. I know. I know you wouldn't. Uh, it, it just. Mm, I'm just glad you're back. Uh, August or is, is it Charlie right now? Um, he kind of takes the steps back and wipes his eyes and uh looks back. He's like Conrad or August, or Charlie, are y'all? Where'd y'all go? I saw a ghost. What? I uh, I saw one too. Interestingly enough, it's it's August, by the way, and you see August is visibly like hurt, bleeding quite a bit, not in very good shape. He's got his cane that he was carrying around before, but this time it's pulled out, and uh, you see that the cane is actually a sword that he's been carrying around, and uh, it's got blood coming off of that too. Okay. I might be able to answer your question from earlier, whether or not, you know, we're all really us. Joel, I'd like to use a spooky move. I have the sight you can see invisible, especially in spirits and magical influences. I'd like to use that to possibly just kind of check us all out and see if we're really us. Is there a role associated with that? Yeah, that's going to be investigate a mystery. Okay. 11. August is able to see that everybody is who they say they are, and you now see that as you're looking with your true sight, there's something about the energy that is around you in this world right now, and it seems volatile and close to breaking just the actual essence of the world and reality itself around you. Because you can tell that you and your companions are all there and, and finally reunited, but it does look like something else greater is coming. Do I see the artifact that I had seen earlier when I was... On the other side of this portal you do not see the sword that you put together that then turned into a morning star anymore but what you do see on the ground and that has a similar shine to it is a shield i'd like to go pick that up yeah you can pick it up kurt is gonna say be careful august it it could you could turn it into a flamethrower uh and what it, well a, it, a what? It, it, it turns into well i don't know how it works um but you think of something and it kind of just works towards that if you think right enough then i can okay so uh mm -hmm. kurt i see you and you clearly have a lot to fill me in on well yeah um we there were other people that showed up and they kind of i don't know if they were together or uh, apart one of them died and the the person that, like, okay. I guess took your place, Julianne, was was the one who killed him. And I, I started, you know, kind of wrestling to try to get that shield away from them. And then all of a sudden, everything started turning back to you three. So I didn't know if I had been tricked into maybe fighting with you three or against. I, I don't know. I'm just, it's... Okay. Yeah, I, that makes sense. I hate... I'm going to need you to be strong for a little while longer, okay? We, I mean, it seems like whatever went down here was busy. Okay. I, but we I, have I, more work to do still. I, I'll try and pull it together. Um, I'm just glad you're back. I'm glad you're all three back. It's, it's, I feel like I can breathe. I was worried about you too. I, I thought, I, I, I thought you. I had sacrificed the three of you somehow. Um, and then I had three other people that, I mean, I, not that I didn't care about them, but they just didn't, they, they're not you. 
they're not you three. And uh, if if I have to do this, this is sorry. This is the way I'd want it to be. And so okay, you say this. Do you know what we're about to do? Does everyone know what we're about to do? I I don't believe I have any clue what we're about to do. Okay, okay, yeah. I shot a kid. What? <laughs> oh my! <laughs> it was a warning shot. But other than that, no, I have no idea what we're supposed to do now. Also, Conrad, as you were listening to Kurt and Julianne have this very loving moment and you started to think about who you love and care about, you do not see your bus anywhere. I'm going to go be angry for a little bit. I just take like three steps away from the group and you just hear explicitives. (laughs) Fudge, rumple, ice cream. (laughs) So, yeah, y'all just know when when Conrad gets really mad, he censors himself. uh, And that's how you can tell it's scary. You've heard him cuss all of the time. This is this is when it's bad. Okay, so um, where's my bus? Well, um, I mean, it, it was still me. here for a, a little while, and then uh, it, then it just disappeared. Okay, so I went to this, like, middle dimension, I'm gonna call it, called the Nexus, and learned a lot, actually. So there are, like, four dimensions, not including the middle dimension. They're all, like, their own worlds and everything, and there were these people, and it sounds like you've met some of them from these other worlds. Um, creepy creepy fellow? Uh, Monty, I believe his name was? Wait, y'all met a Monty? Uh, yeah, he was, um... He was a dick in the end. Uh, yeah, he was... He was yeah. a dick, yes. A murderous dick. Who the hell well, is Monty? Um, yeah, uh, it, it seemed like a cold. He had he, he had the asshole. marking. He had the little tattoo. The thing that we can tell each other that we're not doppelgangers and, and whatnot. He had that. So like, of course, I'm gonna trust that dude. And then all of a sudden, winds up totally just killing the Lamar. Well, he tried to kill us too. See, this is why I ran him over. People like Conrad around. Okay. Um, I don't think I had anything to do with Monty either. And then, Julianne, you do remember that while you're in the Nexus, they did uh, tell you that there was something that had to be put in the place of the four of you so you could actually go to the Nexus itself. Which makes sense. Okay, that is so weird. Uh, Yeah, wasn't me. Not my fault. I don't understand. I don't really like the powers at play here. Gonna be real honest. And I think that maybe I broke the rules a little bit too much, but I also think that... The people who were making decisions with me respected that, and I'm going to run with that, and I'm going to own it, and we're going to do the best that we can. So, here's what happened. Myself and these three other people from these other dimensions ended up in this in-between dimension, and while we were there, we were charged with deciding the fates of the worlds. See, there were these entities these beings that created them and they they were all friends (laughs) they all ended up leaving their own worlds and spending too much time with each other i guess go figure um existence is lonely so the worlds could break down if these deities these beings aren't summoned back to their own worlds and persuaded to stay 
or destroyed. And while we were in the Nexus, we were charged with deciding how they would be summoned back, what abilities they would have, and what the world around us would look like. So everything that we decided, it's like a scale. It's like an unbalanced scale. And anytime we made a decision for something that we gained in our world, our uh, final battle, if you will, the other world's lost. So someone wanted cars and our world lost cars. Uh. I think all vehicles, I think actually we lost all vehicles. For now, I'm not really sure what it looks like past the final battle. Uh, did did, still get did you back. do guns too? I, I checked myself for my shotgun. I was also not responsible for guns, but yes, that was also yes. So Conrad, you do have guns that are on you currently. Oh, thank God. And I just like, <laughs> I don't want to say this weirdly, but I polish my shotgun just like a, just, just a loving stroke. Oh, okay. Never leave me. I can tell you what I did decide and what I guess concessions the other worlds gave us. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you picked some great stuff, Jules. An open field uh-huh. is one of them. Um, Check. At a peaceful time, as much as possible. Which all plays into the idea that when we summon this deity back, I gave them higher reason. I'd like to try and talk them into staying and not try to destroy them. Well, I... Don't blame you for your decision. I unfortunately don't think I'm the right person to help you with that, but I think that Charlie might be. I don't know how much of a help he'll be, but cer certainly more than, more than I am. I think you could probably make best use of this as well, and I, uh, August hands you the shield that he picked up. I should tell you that what I saw with my true sight looks a, a bit grim that the world seems as though it may break down at any time so whatever we're going to do we may want to do it quickly we can start summoning the deity with the shields now if you're ready well uh let me get charlie back for you and uh, i think he just sort of eyes go gray closes them for a little bit puts the glasses back on and uh when they open back up, looks a lot more scared. Oh, I also gave them a big sword. So you don't you don't even have your sword anymore? Well, I, I do have my sword. Um, I just also gave the oh. deity one. Oh, okay. If anybody if anybody needs another sword, I have this one. I don't really want to use it. I'd like to avoid using them as much as possible. I really would like to convince them to stay and you know, save the world I mean, as much as possible. Yes, that. Like so, that. Um, Thanks. So right now, technically, where are, like, mom and dad? Um, how is that all rolling into what's going on? Are they are they alive? Do they exist? I mean, they have to exist, because I, I, you, I you and so. me exist, so they existed. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I think they still exist. I um hadn't actually asked expressly about that, and I'm definitely a little bit nervous, but I'm pretty sure 
that if we, you know, get this deity to stay with this world or destroy it, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. Then also they're pretty strong because <laughs> I gave them reason. So, you know, had to sacrifice things like weaknesses to the other world's balance and all that. I just... I think once we do that, a lot of things will go okay. back to normal. I mean, you you, you lived it, so I, I, I think you'd know better than, than any of us. I, 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 I trust you. Straight up. Thank you. Me, me too. Whatever gets Gertrude back. Okay. And also, you've proven reliable in the past, so... Hey, before we do summoning, um, anybody know, like, first aid or maybe a band-aid? Or something. I'm I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding quite a bit. Like very much. <laughs> Julianne looks fine. <laughs> Julianne looks like Yeah, Conrad's unscathed also. <laughs> yeah, quick vacation to an in-between dimension. Yeah, Julianne actually looks better than whenever you all last saw her. <laughs> you do did you do something with your hair? Conrad will just be like, oh well, sure, you can just step into the and it just looks off in the distance like Oh. Uh Wait, uh, the sh shield may be able to help too, I, I think. Uh, like, it's, you summon the deity, right? But then after that, there's no use for the summoning item. <laughs> so you can just, you know, break it down and it is pretty powerful and magical and totally could heal you up. That was actually something I was trying to do before you all... Got back, somebody, you know, Lamar got, like, injured, and I thought, well, maybe the shield could heal him, so I, I, I'd like to see if that theory does play through, because it definitely caused harm, but knowing that it's not just that one direction, it would be nice. Yeah, I'm reasonably convinced it's one of those things where, like, you leave an in-between dimension and there's just, like, thoughts in your head that you didn't actually have. Um, this is one of those. I'm confident this shield will heal us. Or you. I'm fine. Just gotta do the summoning thing first. <laughs> well, whenever, uh, whenever you're ready. Julianne has been told she was the chosen one her whole life. Kurt grew up by her side knowing this to be true. Now, at the cusp of destruction, these four will find out if that is the truth. While Prime 2 wanted to bargain with their entity, the speaker for Prime 3, Lope, was excited for another chance to strike down his manticore foe. Lope steps back into his world to find Harold, Alice and Charles alive. Or mostly alive. Once the light went away, you saw Alice standing there and Charles passed out on the ground. Oh, hey, I thought you guys were dead. Oh, shit. Charles is dead. I'm almost dead, so is Charles dead? I'm going to go mm. check Charles's pulse. Yeah, uh, we could really use Charles. As I was saying, I don't have enough beers to beer everyone now. That's okay. Mine flew through me and is over there somewhere. As Harold says over there somewhere, he points and then... Lope and Alice, you then notice that you are all still in the now crumbled remains of the Mediosan. It looks a bit more worse for wear. Lope, your car is a bit further into the actual motel itself. But on the outside of the motel, 
you see hordes and hordes of beasts surrounding it. And what's even more terrifying is that these beasts are all equipped with a large set of wings. And most of the beasts, Alice, you know that they do not normally have wings. So a lot's been going on here. I can explain that. I'm going to need that beer right about now if I want to. Okay. I'm going to drink the beer. And then I'm going to poke Charles in the, in the back and be like, get up, Charles. Get up, Charles! What really wakes Charles up is the smell and the sound of a cracking of a beer. <laughs> Charles, he goes, Is that a porter? Yeah, but you're not gonna get any if you don't get up. Listen, I'm half dead, and I just fought an incredibly confusing beast, and I don't know if I can move my legs, so I think I deserve a damn beer. And we're about to fight a lot more confusing beasts that should not be able to fly, and yet they can fly. Mm. What, are you, what are you seeing, Alice? I'm sorry, I, there's like seven of you right now. Yeah, take the damn beer. Charles shotguns it. Y'all just see this just horde of monsters just walking towards all of you. All right, so uh, I can do some explaining, but maybe we better uh, do it in the car. Right. Sure. I, yes. I hate it here. Smart. Smart. Um, does anybody know how to fix wounds? Because I hurt. Uh, is, that a, is that a part of use magic? You can try to fix some wounds with use magic. Everybody but Lope seems pretty hurt. Even Harold, who's a ghost, seems like he's taken some damage. But all of you do notice that Lope looks refreshed. And Lope looks like the best he's ever looked to any of you. He's never looked good. Where did you good. go during all this? Did you just like go sleep in a hotel or something? No, I talked with uh, extra-dimensional beings that explain the entire way the universe works and what we're going to have to do in order to prevent everything from ending. But I think we ought to maybe get in the car. Right. So, all I got to do was fight a psycho guy. I didn't get to fight anyone. We just had to talk. Well, you just had a very cool time. I was surrounded by blue jeans. I think we should get in the car. Can somebody help me up? Okay, come here. Yeah, he just like heads over towards the car, like jumping on in. You do get in, you notice that the car is the way it's kind of like wrecked into the motel a bit further. The back wheels are kind of off the ground so they can't really get any traction to drive. But Lope, your car, as you imagined it would have, looks perfect. It looks like the day perfect. it came off the lot. <laughs> All right, good to have you back. And he's just kind of like petting the, the dashboard, kind of like checking. He opens up like a compartment for some CDs and things like that and seems satisfied with it. Charles is like, yes, yes, it's very nice. Can we move? I would normally question this, but... We should go. I'll explain. Let's get in the car and I'll see what we can do about making everyone hurt less. Okay. Perfect. Maybe Lope can explain the crazy stuff he just said. What crazy stuff? I believe it was something about extra-dimensional beings, the way the universe worked. You having a grand old time in a different dimension while we all got our asses kicked. By doppelgangers. What? Oh no, it was fucking miserable. All sorts of talk and negotiation and, and he's just like, uh, like revs up the engine. As soon as everyone's in, just starts like peeling out. You have a little bit of trouble because you gotta make everyone help you rock the car to like get where you can get some traction on the back wheels. But you eventually are able to do that while while everyone is talking and sharing some stories I think and catching Charles up. Charles throws up out of the window. <laughs> Thank you for doing it out the window. Of course, I wouldn't wreck such a beautiful vehicle as this. It just like starts driving out. You were just having to do some hard maneuvers. There just seems like every single beast and just a hundred miles just appeared here almost is just coming after you. Lope, you're having a hard time even finding a way to like kind of break through 
with your car. But mm. what uh, is cool to Lope is at one point a chupacabra jumps on the car and tries to scratch at the windshield. And even a chupacabra's razor sharp claws seem to have no effect on the car. Perfect. Just run them over. He just like leans, like puts his hand out the window and just shoots right up next to the chupacabra at it just with one hand and like goes trying to like just like fires off a couple times just to try to like scatter it off and goes to try to explain some things. In the meantime, Harold is going to attempt to use magic to heal Charles. Hey, full success. Charles, you can heal uh, too. And I, I am feeling worse by the second, so... Let's go again then. And that is also a full success. Oh, hooray. Alice can also heal too. I'm, I'm not dying anymore. Lope, does your car have a sunroof? It, is, it does not. It is a convertible. So we can pop the top off. Yeah. But we probably shouldn't do that. Wait, is it an indestructible cloth top car? Yeah, that's phenomenal. Quick question. Did we get our weapons back that disappeared? You do not have any of your weapons that were on you that disappeared, but you do have stuff that was in this car. And then also, I guess we should mention this, when you all did come back, Harold had already seen this, there was a floating piece of parchment with a floating quill that was dabbing into an inkwell and just writing things as a floating pair of binoculars was observing all of the different beasts all around. And if anybody looked at the piece of paper, you just saw it writing notes on everything that was being seen with the binoculars. And obviously these were grabbed before we got yeah. in the car. Yeah, and, y- yeah. and y'all, y'all grabbed those. All right, so listen, there's four realities. We're in one of them. Things all came together, kind of scattered in among each other and uh, got all mixed up, right? Y'all, you all went to what? different worlds, had a bunch of strange things happen. No, I stayed here. You stayed here? Charles, you stayed here? No, I, I went to some place with a, a pizza shop and a basement with arcade games. It was... All right. It was good pizza. Alice? I had to kill a lot of doppelgangers. Oh, shit. Uh, anyway, uh, so different worlds got all scattered about. I didn't do the math on it. Don't know who headed where. But uh, we got uh, problems that there's dark forces trying to destroy everything, right? Well, it appears so. Uh, so we made a whole bunch of deals, uh, made all our worlds a little different, took uh, better abilities for ourselves, better abilities for other folks, and uh, just kind of tried to get some balance in it. So uh, if we kill our monster, uh, our world survives, so which is good. which monster of the Horde is our particular monster? I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting this many monsters about... We gotta summon the big one, though. Do you, do you know what it is? Uh, it's a big one. Lots of claws. All of these monsters are quite sizable and very pointy. Just the mythical. Do you, do you know how to summon it? Yeah, yeah. You got uh, the parchment, the well, the quill, the binoculars. Oh, yeah. It's all floating here in my abdomen. Perfect. All right. So I figure we figure out where we want to do this whole thing and uh, make it happen. I think we should drive to Kenosha. It's not too far away. There's lots of farmland and really no people. So, you know. Which way is to Kenosha? Uh, North. The entire horizon is just like blackened by beasts, right? Like, yeah, because it's really also terrifying because, like right I said, now. like all of these creatures have wings. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna be able to outrun them. Well, okay, who has a bomb? Does anybody have a bomb? I didn't deal for a bomb. Is there anything in the car that I can assemble into a bomb? I don't know that you can destroy my car right now, actually. No, but like, is are there sp- are there just like things in the car? Harold pokes his head through the back seat into the trunk to see what's yeah. in the trunk. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's there's some there. There's a fair amount of armaments back there uh, that Charles had equipped for the fight uh, against the Manticore. Right. There's a bunch of stuff, but there doesn't seem uh, to be any just straight up explosives back there. 
All right, what if we filled one of the beer cans with gasoline, somebody threw it in the air, and I shot it with my rifle? I don't believe that's how gasoline works at all. What is Do we flammable? have any alcohol? Like, does anybody have vodka? Oh, I miss Dear vodka. God, I wish I did. Oh, Molotov cocktails, but... Yes, I, I do keep some uh, aged Glenlivet in my pocket at all times. Uh, well, it's very good, but you know what? We're almost dead, so here, uh, use it as you will. Well, I, I, we can always make a Molotov cocktail um, if we need to. I don't know if it'll take out all... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five. 22, 23, 24, 25. Okay, I lost count. Uh, 600 beasts. Oh, shit. Something just occurred to me. What? What's that? We need the Manicor's body. Oh, come on. What? I've already you killed that thing. You say that at the beginning. Twice. I uh, kind of forgot. Just need to clear my head a little bit. Had kind of a big experience out there. I assume seeing... you're doing a Yui while this is ha while you're talking about this. Oh yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So y'all have just been driving, driving around like the Waukegan, taking turn after turn of just being like, oh no, bunch of bugbears in there. Oh werewolves. Oh no, we gotta move. Oh that's a, that's a Yeti. Oh and just like going back and forth and then yeah and then Lopez like ah you know what Should we gotta go back where we started. <laughs> I mean, listen, I want the Manticore's body to skin and put on my couch as much as anybody else, but why do you need it? I hate to break it to you, but it is just a skeleton now. What? It became a whole thing. We had a psycho guy that made it. Yeah, I can't really. I don't. My sweet prince. It's okay. Still got a big skull. Well, don't worry. Gonna have a bigger skin soon, I think. Y'all pull back into uh, Midios in inside of like the giant hole in the wall where you you where yeah. you hit. You just go back to our parking space. Yeah. Short. yeah, your parking space, which is the building itself. <laughs> so at that point, I think Lova's just not gonna get out quite yet and just say, "So listen, uh, when we call this thing, it's gonna get there right away, but we're gonna need the body to do it. We can." Stick that in the trunk for a little bit, or toss it in the back seat. But if you got a good idea of where you'd like to fight this thing, let me know. Is there anywhere we can get to other than this crappy motel? It doesn't really seem like there's really any safe spot. The good thing about Lopez's casual drive is it did pull a lot of the monsters away from the Midiosin because they were all centering in on that. So you don't have just hordes and hordes of them. You just have like a horde of monsters on you right now. <laughs> Perfect. Average monster horde. The normal it's just amount. Your standard monster horde. It's fine. Well, we've made our stand in this place before. Might as well fortify the battlements and give it a whirl. I don't. It doesn't seem statistically possible to eliminate all of these tiny monsters. And I say tiny because that's kind of what I'm expecting that it's going to look like relative to this supposed big monster we're going to have to summon and defeat. Oh boy, does hey. anybody have a weapon or like a washcloth? It's getting really hot. I negotiated. Ooh. We don't <sighs> have the biggest one. Lopez does have a hunting rifle that he can probably give you. Charles has a bunch of Charles guns in, so the, many in guns. the trunk that you can you can get Alice as well. Charles and has more guns. Harold phases up out of the roof of the car and makes his way back to where the magic sword was buried. Harold is able to like float out real quick, grab the sword, and then float back in. Harold does remember that it's got like a special it was right by the ice machine. Yeah, it's yeah. got a special silver on it. It does negate your ghost power of negating one harm. Harold like clunks it against the window a couple of times until someone rolls it down. <laughs> like, oh right. I'll, I'll grab it. <laughs> Charles grabs it and goes, oh, you found this beauty. Yeah. You roll down the window, a Yeti tries to like claw at it, but you're able to get it right back in. So Yetis are real, y'all. 
Oof. Oh, yeah, yeah. But of course, it's every mythical creature is likely based in fact, you know, like a... Yeah, moth. but that was like a for real, like there was a Yeti. Like, well, this yes, is all there's, there's the Mothman over there. Get with it. Why does he have so many wings? Mothman already had wings. Now he's got extra. That's weird. Yeah, Doesn't they're not supposed has to dreams. have wings. Not supposed to have wings. Don't like it. So, right, I think they're all going to die when we take out the big one. So here's my thinking. Let's take a second. Let's uh, set up the inn exactly the way we want to do it. And uh, let's just deal with these. Everybody says one thing they're thankful for. Yeah, we break some bread. Got my car back. We drink a little bit of whiskey. We have a cry. Now, I don't know if there's an unlimited amount of time before things start going bad. We should maybe summon this thing sooner rather than later. Maybe cut the cry. Okay, I can do that. I can... I could cut out the crying, it's fine. <sighs> at the, yeah, at the same time that this is going down, Lope is like, gathered the different pieces of equipment, and is just kind of like, looking at them, and just goes, weird to think that this is what ties together all of the worlds, right? I still don't really know what this is, because you haven't really explained it, but sure. Mythical weapon, yes? The hotel? Uh, it's a quill, an inkwell, set of binoculars, and uh, parchment. Something to write on. We in an episode of Sherlock Holmes. Harold is pulling these from his abdomen as as you're making these, as you're talking about this. Now listen, uh, Charles, you're uh, probably the most tactical fighter of us. Uh, oh, do you have any well. thoughts on how you'd like to set up the inn? Well, I think that we have two options for big weaponry, and that's either the roof or a room in the top of the motel with a large window for a sniper aspect. Although if this creature is really as big as you say, I highly doubt, you know, a ceiling will prevent it from smashing us in. We didn't get the biggest one. Hey, I negotiated on our behalf. We didn't get the biggest one. Oh, that's very thoughtful of you. So yes, I think we either make a battlement on top of the roof. We could do battlement on top of the roof and somebody could snipe. Perfect. Can I roll for person with a plan? Yeah. I got an eight. Hold one. For the person with a plan, I can spend the hold to be where I need to be prepared and ready. You had dumped out all of the manticore poison. Luckily, Charles actually, without telling Alice, because Charles knows Alice can be a little upset whenever someone says their plan isn't foolproof, and Charles kind of didn't want Alice to mess up laying all the poison like they did. So there is a bunch of extra manticore poison in the back, and what y'all remember about it especially is that it's very flammable. Oh. Oh. That's good to have. Friends? Ah. I think we should make some bombs. Oh, there's definitely a... The, the bar is still pretty okay. I think if we pour a bunch of this out, we could make... Yeah. Some of this didn't catch fire. Y'all get out of the car. There are some monsters around you. You can tactically like take them out, make your way to the bar as you're setting this up. How many do we get? Everybody can have two. Times nice. two okay. bombs. Awesome. Did I end up getting a weapon from somebody? Uh, yeah, you can just oh. say you have a shotgun again. You like take you're a- any any weapon between Charles and I. I love a I love a good sawed off shotgun. You do see that like there's starting to be some more monsters coming in on you, so Lope, you you have a feeling that there's no better time than the present. Does Charles have a catapult? You probably have like a slingshot that you could use, like a little like like a wrist rocket slingshot, but not like a full on catapult. Okay. Are you corporeal in that you can hold things? No. While the Molotov cocktails are being made. Harold is sort of seeing what the lay of the bu- layout of the building and yeah. the remaining structure of it is. So I can hold this magic sword and your hand. Well, at least that's comforting. Somebody can take Harold's bombs. Me? 
Yeah. Okay, so Charles is going to post up on the roof with his most biggest and prized gun and get set up with the slingshot to do a mid-air explosion. Lope goes over to the manticore corpse. It does look like to you, Lope, that the bones of the manticore seem to rip out of the corpse itself and then are now not next to all the flesh and they're on the ground. It seems like they were reanimated. All right. So I'm going to actually drag the manticore out of this building, I think. Uh, you give me a act under pressure roll. I rolled a five. Lope is tr- is dragging the manticore corpse out there, and there is a massive monstrous vulture swoops down and rakes Lope on the back. Lope is going to take two harm. Ouch. Uh, the, I take one harm because of my cool leather jacket. Lope seems pretty confident in what he's doing, even though he just like had a chunk of his back ripped up. Ouch. Son of a bitch. So yeah, so he's like out in the flats dragging this manticore body like trying to get it like a fair distance away from the motel before running on back yeah you get it just a little bit in the parking lot it's not immediately in there with you but with the failed roll you weren't able to get it out super far away but far enough uh yeah just not right inside is the is the plan Mm -hmm. and like runs back inside slams the door shut and is kind of like rolling his shoulders a little bit before he goes and grabs the parchment quill and inkwell and binoculars With their positions taken, Lope and the others in Prime 3 take aim at the Manticore for one final fight. And finally, in Prime 4, Chet stumbles his way onto the roof of Mininotes. These four unlikely heroes reunite and rejoice as Ron, Imagine and Winston assume Chet was off getting high like usual. The four of you find yourself on top of Mini Notes Cafe, and you look around and notice that there is a good half of the building missing, and surrounding the building are a bunch of void beasts, and on the ground is a Super NES Super Scope. What do the four of you do? Imagine is holding their trident that is just covered in this black, bloody ooze. What the fuck did I miss? They drop it, and I think as it leaves their hand, it, like, um, and, like, disappears. And go in, just one big group hug. My friends, uh, you've returned uh, to me. Careful, careful, careful. I think something is broken. Oh, no. Oh. I was shot, and I was also stabbed. Oh, my dear Winston, here. And they place two hands on your cheeks. Yo, and yo, 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 yo. Yo, yo, you, wait, fuck, wait, wait, like, a minute. Okay, there's a lot, okay, there's a lot of shit. First of all, y'all look like shit. I'm sorry. Correct. I feel like that's, yeah, um, I think, I think I can, there's a lot of things that are about to happen, about, about, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm super stoned right now. There's about, there's a lot of things that are about to happen, shit. All right, here, wait, just, just fuck, just, just, just. Just wait a second, I'll explain a second. Chet, did we not talk about this? You will notice that Chet's crystal is gone. <gasps> uh, before you do that, uh, Ron, how are you reacting to finally seeing Winston again after? Uh, so I was I was definitely first in the group hug for Winston, and uh, I have not yet let go of my hug. <laughs> Dad, I'm glad you're alive, 
but ow. Listen, I can put pressure on the wounds. You just give give your old oh, dad give, give your old dad a minute here. Uh, I I can heal him by you oh just my God, gi- please give me a minute. You you dang old you, you okay. dang old spirit and and shit. I you know I don't agree with your with your your gallivanting with the marijuana. I know I know you have a good heart. Just. Oh, I just, my, I just, it's been, I didn't know where my boy was and he's here and I see he's bleeding and now you will tell me exactly how you were bleeding and who did this to you now when? I got stabbed and I got shot. I got shot first. That was totally my fault. I can't blame any of them. <laughs> you, oh. You dang kid, you, oh. However, the stab, I can blame somebody, but I don't even remember what he was or what he did, what, what he did exactly, but, but something happened. Have it you was also bad. been smoking? I hear that can affect I memory loss. At Winston, all, I- I've been through some shit in the last day. I, I cast lay on hands. Yo, 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 imagine, imagine, seriously, dog, you gotta trust me. Dog, you gotta trust me. I can, I can, I can fix it. All right. Oh. I don't know if y'all ready for this now, but I think we gotta get into it now because y'all look like shit. We gotta fix this. Uh, how does how does Ron look? Ron has several wounds. Is I uh, have unstable marked. Uh, I I've been sliced mm. and diced. We've been through it. Ooh, yikes. Chet looks completely fine. Like completely unscathed. Chet actually looks better than when you all last saw him. All right. Uh, all right, so Chet, if you're if you got some uh, some truth to lay on us, I'm ready to hear it. All right, all right, y'all, I'm gonna lay on truth before you lay on hands. Imagine, ah, uh, dip. This is real hard to remember. Okay, so fuck. All right, there's a bunch of gods, right? Y'all yes. know about the gods? Okay, yes. okay. I don't. All right, there's a bunch of gods. They're all being dicks. We gotta. We gotta. Okay. Listen, uh, Chet. I while I appreciate the recap, I I will invite you to watch your language. Um. Oh man, Ron. I'm sorry. No, it's. I mean, oh. it's just just for me. I. Oh, I mean, man. you know, I like. No, I like to no, keep it. Thank PG you. over here. Dude, thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I. You know, I get stressed. Oh, I get it. I, okay, so gods are being meanie heads. So yeah. gods are gonna come. We're gonna have to fight them. Or what? There is a really, really nice, nice lady who said that we don't have to kill him. But regardless, there's going to be a monster. We're gonna have to confront it. <sighs> if it doesn't die or stay here forever, our universe will die. Well, I've already killed many monsters today. I don't see why one more won't hurt. Imagine this one's gonna be way worse. It's got a lot of features to it. Oh, man. What, what does this have to do with me not being able to heal either of them? Oh, so Chet runs into kind of the center of the circle right towards the Nintendo Super Scope, grabs it, and shoots it up in the air and breaks it over his knee. Chet's not a strong man. He's not a strong man, but he tries a couple times. Chet! <laughs> and tries to wreck it and then just jumps on it a little, uh, a couple times. And and kind of stands there and waits for something to happen. Yeah, guys, this is this is what the drugs will do to you. Just let Chet work it out of his system, okay? Just Let's just take a moment. As you were all sitting there doubting Chet, you did see that he was able to shoot blasts from this and he has super Scope. Imagine you had seen this thing been fired previously, and that is what actually took out parts of uh, Minino Cafe. But this time, Chet fires him up in the air, 
And as he's trying to, like, jump on the gun, it doesn't seem like anything happened until you see four flashes in the sky. And on the fourth flash, there is just a lightning bolt that strikes down about 100 yards away from the building. And you see forming in this dark shroud a six-foot-tall figure that has bark-like textured skin that is covered in a black flame as it is slowly forming in front of you. And then Chet jumps on the gun one last time and the gun shatters underneath Chet's feet and a small burst of white light surrounds the four of you and everybody is fully healed. All right, so the healing thing was cool. The tree dude, not cool. Did the tree, did the healing, did, where did the tree come from? Y'all, this tree, very bad news. We should not did, fight did it. Did the dumb, okay. We shouldn't fight the tree. I am extremely confused. Did you start the fight with the tree by shooting the bullets, or was that a healing? I, Chet, t- take it slow and by the numbers here. How, okay. how the heck fire did you do all this? So... And speaking of fire... I mean, if it does make you feel any better, the rest of your shop isn't hasn't fared quite as well. We did try some repairs to it, but unfortunately... You know, imagine I, I'm sure you did your best. I, I, I know I know you always try to do your best, but I got my boy here. Uh, this building, uh, buildings can be rebuilt, but uh, but uh, my, my win can't be. So I, I got I got my boy and I got my friends. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hold on. I'm just going to need a minute. Uh, but, uh, perhaps we uh, should Dad, get off this roof. We absolutely should. Oh, sure. That's safe. I, th- I, I do. I like I do think we have time for one more group hug, though. Oh, yeah, okay. one more pod. Okay, let's bring <laughs> Yes! One where I'm not bleeding and in pain. Why Why blood? So much blood. I, oh, yeah. I uh, had to stab a young man th- through the stomach. He was, it's okay, he was a demon, though. Uh, oh. not, not just a young man. Okay. But the stabbing does generally produce a lot of bat spray. Sure, sure. Yeah, I know. That's why I was missing a lot of blood, yes. I understand. Yes. All oh, right. these, uh, these all sound like wonderful, wonderful. adventures we all went on. I, I have certainly met some people. I guess as, as we're climbing down, can I try to investigate a mystery to, to look closer at our yeah. on, on Blackfire f- tree friend? Can, you can do that. And then you all do notice this, like I said, as you uh, teleported back onto the rooftop, you saw what you all would remember from inside of the video game. There was a like hellhound style beast. But you do see that they were surrounding the building and they have kind of like a digital flame to them. They are now all walking towards and just kind of like circling around this flaming void ent that is forming in front of y'all. And as I was saying, like it's forming, it does seem like it's kind of like slowly phasing into existence Mm. in front of you. So it's not an instantaneous like portal that it came through. I can fly one or two of you off the roof, but I don't believe I can take all of you. Uh, you attempt to spread your wings again, but you remember oh, that, um, that's right. that your wings do not seem to uh, work. Oh. Never mind. It is odd without my wings. All right. 
so a lot of shit. Oh, I, I'm I'm sorry, Ron. A lot of stuff happens Thanks, in the Jeff. past few hours. So this thing, it's it's charging up right now. It's bad news for sure. Again, if it doesn't die or stay here forever, we're screwed. So there's there's a lot to explain. I'm not gonna go through all of it, but I do know some weaknesses this thing's got if it comes to it. So. This thing is pretty reasonable. It's logical. If we can explain, like, something to say, hey, this, like, universe is worth saving, man. Like, it might listen. Also, y'all ain't got no phones or no cars. I'm sorry about that. That was my bad. This thing is also, it's immune to fire by what it's got all that fire stuff if i don't think y'all got fire powers anybody got fire powers if so i'm i'm also sorry for that that one is also my bad it is weak to angel shit so imagine all your stuff like you're good um but okay what about ghost things so it's a fire type uh i i didn't that one i didn't get uh sorry winston the last feature of this Freaking monstrosity. And I'm sorry, this one is also my B. It has all of the features of an elite gamer. I just felt my soul evaporate my from my body. <laughs> so so what you're telling me is it's it's really good at making like pointless arguments on the internet? It's really good at being toxic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that wasn't what I was going for. I was able I mean, to kind of shape this thing. It was but I think that we can, I think we could do it. I think that we can, we can do, we got like a, vi- well, we got like two thirds of a video game cafe right now. Like we could convince this thing to stay here and not destroy our oh, planet. Oh, it's probably less than that. Yeah, that looks, it's, it's a little less than two thirds. You imagine, haven't seen but the I do basement. think you did a good yeah, job. Y'all turn around to look at Minnie Nose and comically like another beam just falls. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was good timing. Yeah. So we need it. Like not be here. Let's figure something out. You you think we can convince it not to be here, or or do you think that we need to, you know, like find some uh find some sticks or something? Well, not a stick. We couldn't hit it with a stick. The stick would catch on fire. That. So so you're thinking we can we can talk it from what I'm gathering, Chet, and you know you gotta be patient with me because of your stoner talk here. Is uh, this being is going to destroy uh, our like reality? Yeah, and we can possibly talk it out of doing that as long as we can show it some uh, maybe some cool stuff. Yeah, I hope so. And you destroyed the gun made of cool stuff. Oh yeah, also that, or at least attempted to. Was the yes. gun the thing that summoned that here, or was it going to come anyways? Uh, the gun summoned it here. For sure. So then why did you use the gun? It's it is complicated. <laughs> um but imagine yeah you got to if I if I didn't summon that thing we would have been gonzo for sure. All right. Oh. Okay, okay. So we're you you summoned it here so we could like be the last stand. Yeah. Yeah, y'all oh, we are gee, the oh, last yeah. stand. We are the universe's like or at least this dimension's like only hope. Y'all. So, I don't have a cell phone? Nah. Sorry. <laughs> you, d- you dang teenagers! I feel... <laughs> I feel violated. I feel... I-, I need a computer. I need a computer. I need a right. computer. When? 
it, when we get through this, I'm taking away your electronics. You are getting no screen time for two weeks. We're going to go camping or something because you got to learn how to live without those dang little little goofy boxes. That's what I call them. And well, now that Winston and Chet are in my proximity and I've actually been reminded of my mission here, can I see if they're like the fucking chosen ones? Now that you're hearing what Chet says and you kind of like look around your three companions... You realize that this has been your mission the entire time. Oh, it's convenient. Just gonna, gonna tuck that in my pocket and <laughs> keep that in mind. Winston, you're you're freaked out because, you yeah. know, especially when you were with the group that you had teleported to and um, what you now understand is another dimension, <laughs> you lost your psychic powers temporarily and you are worried whenever you're told you don't have a phone or access here that you no longer have your connection to your weird internet friend, and you're a little worried that your powers aren't gonna be working, and then that's whenever all four of you, not just Winston or Ron, but all four of you see in front of you a spectral form of Essie appears. Mom? 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 What? Are we all seeing my mom? Yes, she was in the basement as well. What? Oh, why is my mom here? After watching over Ron, Winston, and Imagine in three dimensions, Essie has returned back to Prime 4. But what does her appearance mean for the fate of this dimension? Cindy, Ezra, and Rodney step outside of Ed Minions to find the Mountain of Pride Cindy summoned back for them to face. Already with one companion lost, the odds of this fight are dire indeed. So the three of you walk past all of the dead little drummer boys and Lamar's still dead corpse and go outside. You felt an earthquake and you saw, you know, like a fissure form from where Cindy uh, had hit the ground. And as you walk outside, no one has to roll to read a bad situation to notice the 20 foot tall colossal void giant in front of you. Can you imagine if we did have to roll for that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The three of you do walk outside and see this monstrosity just hulking towards the three of you. I'd like to use a cult confidential. Okay. To ask what can hurt it. Like what specifically out of the weapons that we have. Cindy actually lets you know that this thing, it does void damage, which angels are susceptible to. It is hurt by holy and fire damage. But normal guns will hurt it. Looking at it, you can tell that uh, it has pretty thick skin. It has an armor of two. It seems like a beefy giant thing that's going to take a lot of damage to kill. Okay, my second question is, is there a flamethrower? Oh, there's just all of them. Okay. Literally, like, just armaments rain from the sky. Guns, missile launchers, shotguns. Not swords or maces or things like that. Or hammers. It's just like guns and artillery. I'm just gonna open fire if that's yeah. cool with everybody. Yeah. No, no, yeah. like that's Sweet. straight up the plan. I have a machine gun that shoots holy fire, so it seems like a good place to start. Yeah. So uh, roll to kick some ass. I just want to put this out to everyone. We had to divide up the hit points from a hundred mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. all of our teams. I went ahead and just gave ours fifty. Okay. Cindy, we are going to have a talk. Uh, that is an 11. You run in and are just 
cover and fire, and you get to choose one off of the 10 plus Yeah, list. I'm going to go ahead and uh, start with dealing extra damage. All right, so you just run in and are firing at it, and you're going to take two harm. It's because... Every time it stomps, it just like lets out a little earthquake. It's really hard to get your footing. And Ezra <laughs> sees that coming and you just like jump up in the air expecting your wings to like catch flight and then remember that they're not oh, there. No. So then Ezra just like falls and you don't like completely eat shit, but you do get hurt as you fall right. down because you jumped, you know, you, you, you're an angel. You can still jump pretty high. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you're going to inflict worse harm. Man, that's a whole move in my playbook I can't even use anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rodney, what are you doing? Rodney's gonna find a flamethrower and use a flamethrower on it. The most fire possible. Yeah, Rodney finds a flamethrower just right right next to him. Alright, now before you pull the trigger on that, make sure that the ignition flame is lit. Alright, you want it you want it strong consistent. Make sure it's a blue color before you start firing. Otherwise you're just gonna put it right out. Rodney's nodding. Okay, okay, because he has never used a flamethrower before, I will say that. Uh so he checks the pilot light and he makes sure it's working and then he clicks it on. And then I just roll to kick some ass. Yep. Oh, and remember if the tank gets punctured, make sure you take it off immediately and run away. Play safe. <laughs> okay, thank you, Cindy. Oh, that's a failed roll. That's a four. You're running out to uh, try to get in blasting distance and then you hear Cindy start screaming about the tank getting punctured and like you turn your back into a car that's just on the street and it just pulls the gas line out of the back of the gun and just starts to pour gas all over you. Ah! And you just like, but the pilot light is still lit and you're listening to Cindy and ah! you just put the gun <laughs> down and get lit up. So you're gonna, no. you're gonna, take, you're gonna take two harm fire. Fuck. I'm gonna stop, drop, and roll. As you're, as you're on fire. Rodney, please stop hurting yourself. <laughs> you throw the backpack fast enough to where it doesn't explode and kill you. Good. Cindy, what are you doing? Rodney, I'll help you just a minute. We kind of have to deal with, like, uh, the big giant monster god before it destroys all of reality. Don't worry about me. Just attack it. Do not worry about me. This is more important. Just don't worry. I'm fine. As I'm still on fire. Putting it out. Um, Cindy's gonna uh, blow this motherfucker up. All right, yeah, roll kick smash with a grenade launcher. Eight. It is four harm, close area, messy, loud. To get the shots in, you do have to get a little closer than you would like to this giant honking thing. Cindy's fine with that. So you run up, pop off a couple of shots on it. They hit its exterior, and it seems like the impact of it doesn't hurt it, but the flames of it definitely are hurting it but while cindy is close like the creature's like giant foot just slams on the ground like right next to cindy knocking her off and so you're gonna take two harm in exchange i, I got two armor she is wearing heavy combat armor mm -hmm. so you now see that this creature has definitely noticed the three of you instead of just walking forward slowly it's seeming to kind of get over in like a huddle position as if it's going to be charging up for a rush attack of sorts. Also, Rodney, when you're examining it and trying to get a feel for it, it does not seem like there is any kind of like logic or region. It just seems like this is just like an angry destruction driven beast. Can I throw a Molotov cocktail at it? Yeah. <laughs> I also realized I have luck points, so I'm just going to start. I haven't used them at all, all game. So, oh God. Okay. I don't, I don't need them. That's a 12. Nice. Rolled an 11 plus one. Yeah, so you get to choose uh, one off of the uh, 10 plus list. I'm going to inflict terrible harm. 
So Rodney throws the Molotov cocktail. It lands direct hit on the creature's face. And Rodney gets real excited and then slips in a little bit of the gasoline that didn't burn up. And he falls down and Rodney's going to take one harm. <laughs> Oops. As everything around y'all is just shaking. Is Rodney unstable yet or still at three harm? Not unstable Rodney, yet. please. Sorry, I'm a detective. I'm doing my best. Then it's back to Ezra. This is a question for the keeper out of character, just real quick. I'm wondering, like, I know we already sort of know inherently what can hurt this thing. Would reading a bad situation in any way give me any insight into whether or not they're, like, weak spots or anything else we could be doing to take this guy down faster. It just seems like this is just a giant hulking It's just a tank, tank and we just have to keep... Okay. Pretty okay, much, then yeah, I'm not going to waste I, my I time just on that. Out, let's just have a tank. Cool. Yeah, I just didn't know if there was like a secret spot in the nook of its elbow or something that we could be aiming yeah, for. Yeah, but, that is a good um, point, okay, cool. There are, are there any glowing orange spots? It does not seem like any spot glows more orange than Darn. any other. <sighs> Joel, do, okay. you, do we think, because it has a thick hide, if we could attack the inside of it or attack its mouth or whatever, would that be good and avoid the hide armor? Or is it all? You could try to get inside its mouth and would probably like do better. Or if you want to like jump inside of its body and shoot it from the inside. I'm not going to do that. But Rodney, I would I would highly recommend we, we keep Rodney away from its mouth. That sounds like a less risky thing to do if I had, I don't know, some sort of method of holy transport. Once again, that was not my fault. That was a miscommunication. Listen, I'm literally immortal. You and I have very different ideas of how long to hold a grudge. I'm sorry. I'm just going to shoot at this thing again. Okay, so for my kick some ass, that is an 11. All right, and then what do you want to do for your addition? I'm going to give plus one forward to Rodney because it seems like Rodney could use it right now. Thank you. So that's what I will do. All right. Yeah, so you last off uh, a couple of rounds from behind you. You get stabbed in the back by a little drummer boy for two harm. As you just, like, reach around Gosh, and just, like, it. hit it with the butt of your gun and kill it. And that's whenever Ezra starts to notice that there is a radiant void energy coming off of this creature. You don't necessarily have like supervision as an angel, but you have heightened senses for sure. Right. And you can see that like in the distance that as this shroud of darkness is kind of like hitting people, more and more people are getting turned into little drummer boys and slowly converging on the uh, three of you. Okay. Rad, rad, rad. Well, I'm unstable, so that's something. Oh, no. Cindy, what are you doing? Are there any other forms of, like, high-explosive device in my immediate vicinity? Yeah, there's C4 around you. There's proximity mines. There's grenades. There's literally just, like... Pretty much anything that I can think of that isn't, like, Anything that you thought of, which was everything due to Cindy's, like, years and years of that, when you (laughs) thought of that you want armaments and you said that at the beginning of creation, they all are there. Okay, so do not touch that tactical nuke that might be a bit close for where we're at. (laughs) It's a good last resort. So so would it be reasonable for there to be a howitzer? Yeah. Oh, well, shit, yeah. <laughs> but for that, though, you're going to need to uh, act under pressure. Uh, that would be a 10. Cindy's looking around and being like, it can't be here. Oh, my God. And on the other side of Ed Minion, sure enough, there is a large, like, 
howitzer cannon. Oh, dear Lord. Now, that does just bring a smile to my face. Yeah, so Cindy makes her way in it, and so your action is, like, getting to it and, like, equipping it and, and getting it ready. And as that is happening, I need both Ezra and Rodney to make an act under pressure because you see this creature, like, is now just, like, running in, like, a giant, like, sprint at the two of you. So give me an act under pressure to see if you can get out of the way. It's a six. Mine is a seven. Keep in mind, you have luck points. Okay, sure. I'm going to spend one. Why not? What about Rodney? What are you going to do? I'll use a luck point on this. This seems bad. Yeah, so both of you use luck points and just are able to just barely get out of the way. And it's perfect that you did that too because you see the force that this thing has behind it as it runs into the newly formed Edminions and just flattens it. Oh! Oof. And, but it stops short right on the other side of Ed Minions, where it's right in front of Cindy, now in the back of a uh, loaded-up howitzer cannon. Roll to kick some ass. Say cheese, dear. That's a 12. The two of you, like, just barely dodge out of the way of this thing and watch it demolish Ed Minions, and then that's whenever you notice where Cindy ran off to and see that there is a Halitzer missile launcher in the back as Cindy just point blank shoots this thing. I would like to inflict terrible harm. So you're gonna do that, but since you did shoot it point blank and it is a missile, that blows up. Cindy's gonna take four harm as she just gets like shot out of this thing that explodes and lands at the feet of Ezra and Rodney. Okay, I can handle that. That That's only two harm for me. How many harm do both of you have right now? Uh, two. Okay. How many harm is Rodney at? Three. Okay. Oh, I forgot. I am at less harm than I thought I was because I have divine armor. Does divine armor still exist in this universe? It does. It does. (laughs) Yes, I I did not destroy that. Okay. Oh, that's good. Then I only have half as much damage as I thought I did. The three of you staying there and this thing just like took a massive blow it now like turns towards you and it's just like enveloped in this just like shroud of darkness and it just lifts up a foot and slams it down sending a void shockwave out so all three of you are gonna need to give me an act under pressure that's another 12 i got four i got an uh eight so rodney's gonna get knocked back Ah! Rodney's going to take two harm as you fly back, and then Ezra is going to take one harm, but it's void damage, and so that's going to negate your divine armor. So it's going to go through your armor for that. Okay, got it. And Cindy, you just kind of like kneel down and are able to just not get hurt by this at all. It seems a little weird. Oh, yeah, cool superhero pose. Now, Rodney probably is unstable now, right? Yes. But yeah, just worry about attacking the creature. Don't worry about it. I mean, Rodney's going to do his best, but I don't have any armor or anything, so it's sort of inevitable I'd be taking a bunch of damage. <laughs> yeah, but I have a free healing move, so like... Yeah, and Ezra, what are you going to do? I mean, even if it's not strategically advantageous, I'm an angel. I don't think I can see one of my teammates, like, taking crazy damage and not healing them, if that's something I have the power to do. So I'm going to lay on hands on Rodney. Thank you. Oh, nice. Okay, that's actually a, um, an 11. So I heal two harm and you are stabilized. Thank you. All right, great. And then Rodney, what are you doing? You just got healed up. I pick up a rocket launcher. Hell yeah. I'm firing a rocket at it. Roll to kicks the mass as you grab the rocket launcher that got blasted out of Ed Minions that you used earlier. That's a five, and I'm going to use a luck point. All right. You get a direct hit on it. I'm going to inflict terrible harm. You shoot a part of it off, and just a, some debris comes flying off of it, and it hits Rodney for two harm. <laughs> 
Just get hit in the face with a rock. I'm just imagining Ezra, like, dramatically laying on hands in this beautiful, like, divine glow, and then Rodney's like, cool, and shoots a rocket launcher, and then immediately just falls back over. Clock <laughs> <laughs> is getting hit in the head. Even with an endless artillery at their disposal, the fight in Prime 1 wasn't going as Cindy had planned. In Prime 3, Lope gets ready to summon back and resurrect the Manticore. I am on the roof floating, flying, because I can just pass back down okay. through the building to where I need to be. Yeah, so Lope and Alice are in the car right now. Harold is kind of monitoring around Charles up on the roof. So Lope just kind of like puts the, he puts the inkwell just in like a cup holder and like drapes the parchment over the, over the wheel, just kind of like writing in sort of this really like blind sort of way. Like it's clear that he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing, but that it's just happening in kind of like an instinctual way with connection to the universe. And once he's done writing, he breathes in a deep breath and just like shouts out to the rest of the building. Everyone ready? No. Present. Okay. All right. And then looks down the binoculars towards the body of the manticore. Alice, this is very interesting to you because Lope has still done a very terrible job at explaining anything, but you then see him look into the binoculars and the text that Lope wrote on the parchment begins to glow. And that glow is then transferred into the binoculars itself and then out of the eye holes directly towards the corpse of the manticore. As you start to see the bones that were on the ground inside of Mediosin are like retracting in, the manticore is starting to form itself back, but larger and more deadly with an extra set of wings. It's, it's like hands are just filled with claws. It's got gnarly fangs. They're just dripping. And the manticore, which was already massive, now is just a towering beast. Oh, come on. That's I We did this twice, Charles. We killed it when you guys were here, and then a bunch of randos showed up, and we killed it again, and now I gotta kill it a third time. Charles just looks and goes, Dear God, it's beautiful. What just happened? Uh, we need to kill that, and that'll stop our world from dying. How did you... But the, the paper... And the binoculars, and the thing is, and then it's alive in the wings, and the, I can't. Yeah, the, the folks, folks in the other world told me how to do it. Not 100% sure how it all works, but don't tr- bother trying to reason with it. It can't reason. Don't bother trying to make nice with it. It's just, it's claws and wings, and we just got to kill it. So Charles loads a bomb into the slingshot, knocks it back, and says, The manticore is starting to form, and as it fully forms, you hear every beast around you let out a roar as the manticore opens its mouth wide. And so I'm going to give Charles a plus one on a kick some ass roll. Ooh, so that's eight, nine, and ten, baby! All right. You get to choose an extra. I think I'm going to take you gain the advantage. Charles, like, shoots a, a bomb in the slingshot right into the manticore's mouth while at the same time, like, just quick draw, shooting off a revolver around. 
to where the bomb explodes in the manticore's mouth and it lets out a big roar but you definitely do have the advantage because the manticore seems to be caught off guard by this first attack as soon as it comes back to life and the fire seems very effective against this monstrous beast charles as you do that you are going to go ahead and take one harm you just see a similar vulture that had attacked Lopez just like swipes down and is like gets a quick little hit because you are exposed on top of the roof. Lopez is gunning it and driving towards the creature, turning to Alice to say, you've got a couple bombs, right? Yes, I've got a shotgun too. Fantastic. Light it up any way you want. Okay. And I'm going to stick the shotgun out the window and shoot at the manticore. And Lopez is just trying to like bring the car around to like do a quick spin by it before like driving away again. Lope, you give me an act under pressure. Seven. <laughs> Lope is able to get his car out. You are driving towards the manticore and it seemingly is going okay for now. Alice, you give me a kick some ass roll. Seven. It's occurring to me that we should have maybe had you drive yeah. and you shoot, because that would have been more to our strengths. I have a minus one for tough. You fire out and you, what's your shotgun do harm-wise? Three harm. Okay, so it seems like the Manticore only took one of those points of damage. It does have some armor. Alice was shooting the shotgun outside of the window. It's letting out some big flaps because it's trying to take flight, so you shot at its wings. And then the wing ripped back and hit you, and it seems like the, the flesh of the manticore itself is razor sharp, and you're going to take two harm as your arm just gets sliced. Oh, shit. Oh, even shit. The, even the skin. Even the skin. Well, here I go. Back to four. Yep, same. All right, that could have gone better. Yeah. Harold, what are you doing? Watching this and really thinking about reading a bad situation. That is a seven. So I got one, yep. and which is the best way... In meaning, like, sort of, does it have a good way to get to the eyes and face of the monster? It seems like this thing is just feral and rage-based. It doesn't seem like it's super intelligent or has great tactics. It just seems like it's aggressive and it's always on the offensive. The best way in is, like, if you kind of try to use some tactics, you think you can get around it because it's, you know, it's not trying to defend. It's just trying to murder. So I got a plus one on going while yeah. acting on this. I am going to wait for it to be distracted and then try and sleep, sling in. All right, and then so, Lope, you're going to give me another act under pressure because you're trying to drive away as Alice just got sliced. And it seems like your car isn't moving and you see behind you the Yeti from before has just picked up the back end of your car. Shit, okay. I've got a plan. I hope so. Harold, watching from above, thinks there's no way he has a plan for what if a Yeti picks up my car. That's <laughs> madness. Lope like looks in the rear view and sees that, and we just get like a shot of just his eyes just like squinting for a second. He just opens his door and shouts, Alice, grab the wheel. And okay. just like leans out the door, holding on to the side of it, and like holds his gun out up and just like fires at the Yeti, trusting that Alice will handle steering while he holds down the accelerator. All right, great. And then that's a, that's a hell of a risky move, so I'll give you a plus one, because that sounds like it's right up Lopez Alley for dumb shit. Yeah, it, it is dumb shit. That is true. Alice, you give me an act under pressure. Then Lopez, after they do that, you give me a kick some ass. Eight. Okay, great. Yeah, so you are able to, like, grab the wheel, but Alice did leave the back window rolled down. But they are in the front seat. 
luckily, and they were able to drive. Lope, you give me a kick some ass. A nine. You just like shoot out the Yeti's legs. It does fall down, and the Yeti doesn't hit you, but what is going to happen? You're going to take one harm as the car just like slams down the ground, and you are just like leaning out of it. So you have fallen out of the car. Oh, hell yeah. He hits the ground and just like rolls and like stumbles himself back up because he's got one armor. But he's just, like, standing there now with just, like, his big-ass hand cannon in his hand. He just, like, looks over to where Alice is driving away with the car. Yeah, I say, Alice, you're, like, driving a little... You're, like, driving back towards Midiosin, and then, like, you realize, like, oh, no, Lope fell out, Lope fell out. <laughs> <laughs> and from your seat, it's no longer accelerating, because the only reason it was still continuing to drive... I'm gonna climb into the driver's seat. <laughs> yeah, just coming to I'm a slow... I'm taking over your car. <laughs> Perfect. Charles, you're on the rooftop, and then you see a chupacabra that had attacked the car earlier flies its way up and lands next to you and is, and is coming at you. Charles goes, not today, you rat bastard. He's not going to waste one of his bombs on yeah. this guy. He's just a, a lowly chupacabra. But he is going to use his high-power rifle to Great. kick some ass. Kick some ass. So that's a fail. Charles gets a chupacabra just right on top of him. Charles is going to mark two harm. Oh, guys. As, oh no. as Charles is just getting mauled. I am one away from dying. P.S. Okay. And then Harold, you, you see this. Harold lies down, drops the sword, though. Okay. Because it's just a, it's a manticore sword. Yeah. It's not a chupacabra sword. Tries to phase his hand through the chupacabra's Hell forehead. Hell yeah. So that's eight. So yeah, Harold goes down, puts your ghost hands in the chupacabra, and are able to, like, shock it from the inside. But what's just weird is, like, some of the chupacabra blood, even though you didn't know it was magical, gets into your ghost bloodstream. It seems like you're just kind of getting toxic shock from the inside. So you're going to take two harm, but it'll only be one since you have, like, the ghost armor. Um, cool. So Harold will take one, but then the chupacabra does, like, die in front of you. Lope, you did see, like, Charles was, like, you know, posted up right on the edge of the roof. So you're able to see Charles do that. And you do notice Charles looks close to death, and you do know that Alice yeah. just took that big hit. What are you going to do? All right, so i got to get back into that car. So we get just, like, a scene of Lope running after the car and kind of, like, trying to run in a direction, sort of strafing to the side to try to get to a direction that if Alice turns it around, he can, like, get into it. All right, fucking act under pressure. Seven. You scream to Alice, like, bring it around, bring it around. Alice is now in the front seat, so they do start to, like, bring it around. And then you see the back window was left open from where Alice had the shotgun. So, Lope, you just, like, run, do a dive midair, and they're able to tuck right in and land in the back. And then you're just like, oh, that one easy. And then Alice looks back and then notices, because Lope didn't really notice it at first, the manticore's claws rake down Lope's back as he jumped into the car. Uh, you're going to be taking two harm, and you're now poisoned. Oof. And you're just bleeding everywhere. And then, Alice, you just see the top part of Lope's shoulder where it ah. first hit. And it looks like, because you've seen infections, usually they have to take some time to, like, uh, like kick in. It seems like this manticore, now that it's newly reformed, its poison is even more deadly than before. Oh, oh, dude. Oh, dude. Yeah, oh. Ooh. Oh, it stinks. Oh. Oh, it stinks already. What the hell? Yeah, you're not going to want to look at your car. He then, like, just reaches up from the back seat and, like, grabs the inkwell and the other stuff mm -hmm. 
and takes his bomb, shoves it into the ink with the quill, and like wraps the parchment and the binoculars around it, and just like hurls it out the window towards the manticore. Uh, you do that, and the manticore just run, jumps, bites down on this thing, and then you see a explosion from inside the manticore's mouth, so the manticore is gonna take that hit. What then comes from this, all of you just saw that Lope just took what he explained as the four items that link the universes together, rolled them up in a ball and threw them in a bomb and exploded in the manticore's mouth, and you're like, that made no fucking sense. And then a flash of light comes from that, and all of you are fully healed. What? Oh, oh my that? god. How did you know how to do that? Uh, it's a little bit of universe energy. Just kind of give us a little boost, get us set up, ready to fight again. Do you want to keep driving, or do you want to start shooting again? Yeah, I'm going to keep driving. I am not a good shot. All right, great. I, I, I can't shoot. The, 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 it's a shot, in a it's steady. and. Uh, hey, listen, Alice. You're doing fine. I'm real proud of you. You're doing a real good job, and we're going to kill this manticore and save the entire world. All right? Thank you. And as I say that, I'm going to do really awesome car tricks. Give me uh, Act Under Pressure. Let's see how your car tricks are doing. And I'm going to give you a plus one, because that is, for Lope, that's a motivating speech. It really that's the best was. You can do. <laughs> I got a nine for my car tricks. <laughs> you're able to, like, whip around. You're pretty much just making the manticore chase you around this parking lot, which is pretty funny. But Alice also understands that they can't keep that up forever. That's okay. This being the opening that Harold has been looking mm -hmm. for in terms of the feral ferocity of it, he looks down, picks up the sword. Charles, you all right? Yes, I feel fit as a fiddle. And just jumps and flies straight towards the manticore. Hoping to catch it in the eyes and face. Let's see how we do. 12, so and I... And you get to pick one off the 10 list. I inflict double the normal harm. Okay. Yes. So Harold like, just pushes straight off of the roof, flies directly at the guy, and just spikes the sword right in the middle of his face, and does a weird backflip off and lands in a big, what looks like a crater, and then isn't because it's just a ghost yeah. crater, and does a uh. little bow. So yeah, you like bury the sword right into it, and then do like a cool little ghost gymnastics land. And you're just like very proud of yourself, but then uh, the part where you stab the manticore, all of its blood just comes flushing out on you. Um, and since you were using the sword, you're, you don't get your ghost armor and you take three harm as you're just covered in poisonous manticore blood. Carl starts clapping and then when he sees that, he looks horrified. Harold throws up ghost vomit. He didn't know that was an option. Yeah. Everyone's changing. <laughs> Everyone's growing. Uh, Charles, what are you doing? All right, now that Charles is good to go, it's bomb time. Right eye, corner pocket. Kicks the mass. Seven. It hits the manticore's side. It lets out a big roar. And then from that explosion, the ripple that came out of it, the roof beneath you lets out and you fall down one story. So you're going you're gonna to take two harm as you've fallen back down into the building. Oh, can shit. Can I try something real quick, actually? Yeah. I've got a move called hunches. Can I try using that to get there in time to help and stop that damage from happening? Yeah, uh, give me that roll. Eight on the dice, plus one from sharp, plus one from does not kill me, because now I've been injured in the fight. So what, you explained to me, like, because you were in the car. Yeah. What do you want this to be? You explained to me. Here's what I'm seeing. Charles is up there and clearly doing some, uh, getting ready to do some wild explosive crap. Lope just, like, is looking at the building and goes, Alice. Alice, drive to the building. We need to get inside. Get inside to the parking spot. 
Yeah, so Alice does that. Lope screams, Breaks now! Alice stops right on time, and then Charles, your harm's gonna be reduced from two to one because you now fall on top of this soft top convertible top that seems indestructible, so it still hurts. I was gonna say, like, as we're driving over, can I be like, can I like unlatch the top? Yeah, Lope unlatches the top, so you fall in the back seat, and you're like, oh, that's really great, and what hurts you is the gun falls on your head. (laughs) (laughs) Worth it. You were able to do that, uh, but now, Alice, you're gonna have to roll Act Under Pressure with a minus one, because the indestructible car that was protecting you all's uh, roof is now down. Ah, worth ah, it. Very worth it. It's an eight. Alice, you're able to to drive forward, but what happens is is all of you start to smell some gasoline because the car is indestructible. But you all have just been driving back and forth into the Midiosin, which is just covered in rubble <laughs> of just debris. So at one point in driving, you did disconnect the gas line and you do see that the gas tank in the car is quickly depleting. It's indestructible, but still made out of parts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like the tube isn't broken. It just got got loosened and pulled out. Lope. Yeah. We're losing gas. All right, then let's finish this thing. We're losing it quickly. So everybody in the car, give me an act under pressure roll because the manticore is just flying at full speed ahead at all of you. Oh, boxcars. 11. Well, one of us did okay. Alice just like hits the gas, drives forward. Lope sees the manticore coming and ducks. And then Charles is still rubbing his forehead from where the gun hit him. Oh, no. And then he's kind of like, so what's the plan, good chef? Oh, no. And as you just see, Charles has been picked up by just one claw of the manticore. And the manticore has just flown through Midiosin to the other side and just seems to be like soaring straight up in the air with Charles in its claw. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, well, I'm flying upwards in Adam because I got op- I have no other options. Cannot believe that Charles just got vultured. Yeah. Can you catch Charles? Yeah. Can I catch up to them? So you give me an act under pressure roll to see if you can get up to them. So that's a seven. You are able to make your way up to them, like, but you're like pretty much like you're not neck and neck. Like you are able to match the Manticore's pace, but like it's still ahead of you by a little bit. You are like right behind them. So what you can try to do is you can try to give me another act under pressure and you're gonna use cool again and not weird because what you're trying to do is, it's really hard for you to manifest in the way that you can grab people. So you're gonna try to roll with plus cool with a negative one because you're trying to calm yourself down enough to manifest a power that you're never really able to manifest without random happenstance because Charles is now being dropped. That's an eight, but I'm just gonna take a luck point and uh, catch catch our boy. Drop the sword, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. So the sword and, the sword drops, and you were so high up in the air, you just didn't see like where where it went. So the sword is just gonna be lost. Uh, but Damn. Charles, you just all <laughs> you know, you were just up in the air, just within instance. This manticore is just deadly fast, and then you're just like, let me go, let me go, let me go, and then it'll let you go. And you're like, no, don't do that. Uh, but. <laughs> You are in now the ghost arms of Harold. Told you I could hold your hand. <laughs> so let's get back down. It seems real mad, but you. Yeah, Probably because of the bombs, which was sweet. That looked oh, super also, cool, Also, you the lost way. your bombs. No! Not the bombs! Uh, and we make it back towards the direction the of the gasoline puddle uh, no, the they car fell is in. And we're shattered. 
That's what's going on right now, and the Manticore didn't really pay attention to, like, Harold Charles, because it just went to drop and kill Charles, and is now, like, flying back and making your way back, it's making its way back down towards Allison Lope. And then now, uh, Lope, two werewolves have jumped onto the hood of the car and are trying to make their way in the actual back of the car with you. Oh, I can't let that happen. Bringing down the top sounded awesome, and I stand by it, but it wasn't a good tactical decision. And Lope, Lope, take my knife. I have a blessed knife. It does holy damage. Fantastic. I just gave away my knife in the other place. And he just like grabs the knife and just turns around and just like angry face. Stub, stub, stub. While he's doing this, I'm going to try to be like, Lope, hold on. And then I want to try to like swerve the car really hard to throw one of the werewolves off. Awesome. Ooh, nice. So you give me an act under pressure then. That's the seven, but I think I'm going to use a luck point to make it happen. You just are able to just do just a real good whip turn to where one of them just gets thrown off the car and the other one stays on the car, but it's focusing more on standing on the car than attacking. So Lope will get an extra plus one on his kick the mass. Awesome. Ten. The extra off of the ten list you're going to choose. Force them where I want them. The werewolf swipes at you. You're going to take two harm from the claw swipe as you just like kneel down and just swipe and just hit both of the Achilles tendons of the werewolf as it just like falls back and lets out a, a real sad howl wimp uh, as it yep. falls off the hood of the car. Don't feel great about that one, actually. Should stick to manacores. Alice has now whipped the car back around, and the manacores seems to be coming head to head with the two of you. Harold and Charles, what are you doing? Harold, you've now like gotten back down to a safe level to let Charles go. That was fun, right? It's good. Thank you. I could I can never repay your debt. And uh, no, it's okay. We're gonna die from this, and then we could be ghost pals and not have pizza together. You have surprisingly warm hands. I. I think it's part of the look. It got complicated when you were gone. I fought a guy like with the fuse power. It, it, let, it, like, let's get the manticore. Great. So, um, do you think that you could lift me in the air again, or is that too much? Let's find out. Act under pressure. Uh, that is an eight. You can be lifted up in the air, but you're gonna any action you do with that is gonna be at a minus one because you keep half facing through Harold, and then like he's like, and then he'll control it again, and like you so. You're having a little hard time to do it, but you are able to, um, Harold is able to, you know, be the, the wind beneath your wings. Okay. Um, I assume that the manticore isn't close enough to hand throw something. Not for y'all right now. Okay. So Charles pulls out his double revolver and goes, howdy there, partner. And uh, he goes, pew pew. Roll tough for kick some ass and you're going to take a minus one. A nine. So you are able to blast in it. So the shots don't seem to be... As effective of the fire, but uh, the manticore that was heading straight towards Alice and Lope, trying to figure out which of the two groups are more of a threat from you. And then you're going to take one harm because as, as Harold is, is flying with you and dragging, every once in a while you dip down a bit and you do like hit your feet on something. So you're getting, you're getting hurt by like debris. <laughs> the manticore like trying to split its decision between the two of you lets out a giant howl like you heard before when it first formed. And then in a similar way, all the creatures around you let out a howl and you now all see just like you had dispersed the monsters in a good pattern before. Four, but it now seems like most like of the hordes are now back on you. And so it, it does seem like situation is getting 
very dire as Al, as you now try to hit the gas on the car, and it slowly comes to a stop as the open top convertible is now just surrounded by just some some hellhound looking beasts, and then the Mothman is flying over towards you. With a call to action bellowed out from the center of creation, Lopez boasting has summoned beasts of all kinds to challenge them in the final fight. Being overrun by feral and relentless foes is the choice Lopez made so that Julianne and all in Prime 2 might have a better chance at survival. Standing side by side, all but Charlie that is. Julianne begins to summon back the Guardian as Kurt and Conrad stand ready. I think Julianne just like holds out this shield and it just starts floating in the air. Julianne does that. She holds up the shears and it just kind of floats on its own, leaving Julianne's arm. The front of the shield then turns like reflective. And what you all start to see in the front of if you look on it is a reflection of Julianne within the shield. And in front of where the uh, shield is floating, you start to see this shadow mist kind of forming up what looks like to be a almost copy of Julianne herself. <sighs> Definitely seen this in a video game. No, Kurt's gonna have a big problem with this. <laughs> if it comes down to fighting. It's okay, this is, this is why we're not gonna kill me. Fair. That's yeah. not, not gonna happen. We, we just, it's all a, a doppelcon <laughs> scam. Like, it's The ultimate fine. doppel. Um, I think Julianne is like, stunned and surprised but also like unsurprised so there was like a moment of just taking a back takes a step back for a second and then schools her expression back into no this this makes sense so as this entity is forming in front of the four of you what are the last things that y'all are going to do before it finishes up i'm going to hide behind conrad I'm going to stand as widely as possible to hide Charlie. I appreciate that. But just like Clint Eastwood eyes, just narrow intensity, smolder. I'm going to inch towards towards Julianne, and I'm just going to ask me like, you didn't give away ocean waters, did you? No, I didn't give away ocean waters. Okay, we really got to talk this being into saving us. That's good to know. Something to fight for, other than existence. Yeah, maybe offer them an ocean water. They'll like that. Who doesn't like it? <sighs> it's really salty. Do you, uh, do you like parents? We still have those. Yeah. <laughs> Think we'll be okay. I'm... Well, we have to be okay. Yeah. And as soon as the shield stops glowing, Julianne takes her sword off her back and just, like, smashes through the shield with the sharp edge of the blade. And then just like holds the sword in front of her and makes eye contact with this deity version of her. 
Yeah, so you all see that Julianne just does this. As soon as she runs her sword through the middle of the shield, a bright flash of light is let out. Everybody that had any wounds or injuries inflicted is now fully healed. This shadow version of Julianne, which is also holding a sword out in a similar mirrored stance. Give me strength. And Julianne steps forward, lets out a long breath that she had definitely been holding, and slowly places her sword on the ground in front of this shadow mirror self. Uh, Tulian. <laughs> Tulian. In front of Tulian. I want you to give me a charm roll just to kind of see the general reaction of this. I would like to use a luck point, please. So you use a luck point. I think what's happening is like Julianne starts to bend over and then realizes that she's about to break eye contact with this thing and that that might be rude. So she like holds the eye contact in fear of what could have happened. And then, but you are prone down on the ground and showing that like you're not trying to attack. And so Tulianne just puts their sword down by their side and just looks at you, Julianne, and asks, so, so, you're the one that summoned me back? I am. I didn't expect anybody to actually try this. I'll be honest, one of the things we never thought of is uh, how resilient you all can be. We're resilient enough, but we can't last without you. We, we need you. All that I've seen since I've left is reasons why nothing should last forever. This world's no different. I don't think that the loss of good in this world is worth dismissing. They look at you and they look around and they look at all the, the corpses of all the doppelgangers on the ground and they look at the torn shirt of Charlie and, and, the, and then the blades that both of you hold and they say to you, You've spent your life destroying monsters that are the same as you all. My creations are endless in this world, and what has come from the other worlds is just the same as you, and the four of you have sought out destruction, and you want to save this world when you yourselves are destroying the, the members of it. I mean, technically, I'm I'm an accountant. Um, <laughs> is the ghost in me that's sort of the, the the one that bites? So you, an accountant, don't think that this world deserves your your vote, or or do you, do you not want to be here for this? No, I mean, of of course, I want the the world to continue. I to just it, it's it's like your world, you know, you. You have to give something to get something, and it's the same in accounting, you know? You, you, you can't make anything of yourself if you're not willing to give something in return. To just dismiss it now would be to upset that balance. It doesn't add up. Yeah, I think it's called squid pro crow or something like that. So, so, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. They just look between the, the two of you. I've given this world 
everything. We all gave the world everything and we still found ourselves alone. It wasn't until we found each other that we knew why we were here. It was, it was to experience that and if I do what you're all are asking, I, I am gonna just be in a prison of, of my own making just so you all can live meager, tiny, insignificant lives next to what I've seen and done. And you're asking me to abandon my friends and you're asking me to be alone again. I don't know that there's any reason that you need to be alone. If you stay here, I mean, you can, you can make any number of friends. You've made them. You, you know what they're like. But no one will be like me here. I'm not, I'm the only one, and that's, that was the curse of us, that we were the only ones. We started with everything, and we were left there, and I don't want to go back to that. I'd rather see the end of it all. Wait, who left you? I don't know. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I was tasked to be the first in this world, and I do not know why my friends were tasked to be the first in theirs. Why did it happen? Why are we here? But I found people that made me stop asking that question, and I found people that helped me answer it. We're here for each other, and without them, there is no world for me to go back to to save. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but not knowing why you're here sounds like a very human problem. <laughs> So perhaps we're not much different. Can I roll a charm? Yeah. Hooray, Eleven. They they hear you and kind of chuckle and just go, <laughs> The Undecided would have would have definitely enjoyed enjoyed you. Um, listen, I I knew when we made this decision to leave that, that that would be the end. And if you've called me back, that that probably means that the others were called back. And... That means that we gave you all the tools that were supposed to warn us before our time was up. We gave you the tools to call us back, and if you're set on this world surviving, go ahead and let it survive without me. Let it survive. It won't. But I'm sure what's happening here is happening everywhere else, and there's no chance that the others are going to be having this conversation with any of you as they look down at their form and kind of look at you, Julianne, and say, I don't know how you all learned to summon us back, but the ways that you've done it, I can tell that even if we join back up together, they're going to be forever changed. And honestly, we all were changed when we went to the end of the dimensional line, everything we saw. Every world has aspects of the ones before it, and those just build on top of each other. And the idea of everything merging and just seeing how it all ends the same way, there's no point. And if y'all would just like to buy a little more time for yourselves, do what we did. Be selfish. And they kneel down and bow their head. Faced with the choice she had hoped to avoid, Julianne finds that even with the advantage of reason on her side, this task is harder than she could have ever imagined. After years of wondering what happened to Essie, 
Ron and Winston stand face to face with her spectral form. While the entity of Prime 4 forms behind them, these four heroes have an unlikely family reunion before they attempt to save their world. I, I immediately walk towards her. Same. Y'all try to hug her and then just kind of hug each other because she is a ghost. And she reach, <laughs> she reaches out and tries to touch you, but it just kind of goes through. And she goes, I'm, I'm so, so sorry I can't physically be here for you. And I wish that I wish I was able to reach out to you sooner than this, but I was tasked to make sure all four of you were brought together. And then imagine you're now seeing Essie and you're starting to realize this is the dying God that breathed you into existence. What? Imagine just drops to their knees and is speechless. So, uh, where, where, where you been, Essie? I found out centuries ago what was coming and that we had to draw everyone together. Chet, Chet understands. Chet was chosen to speak for you all. How are you here? Centuries How ago? can you be here? I'm here because of the will of that. And she points behind her to the uh, creature that you can tell is almost fully formed in this world. And she says, That is one of the first entities to ever exist in all of time. And it's the first thing to exist in this world. And as Chet said, you either have to destroy it or you have to convince it to stay and your world has a chance to convince it. And if we destroy it, do you leave? I leave as soon as it gets here. I, I've only been able to get you all to this point because it is the four of you that have to save this dimension and possibly every other dimension down the line. All four prime dimensions are fighting their entities right now. And I don't know how they're going because Chet can tell you it's all happening at the same time. I just came here to say, Winston, I, you didn't have a weird pen pal friend on the internet. It's been me. Oh, oh well, I guess that makes sense. Ron, I told you whenever you know, you, you, you asked me, like, why would I ready to stay just after a few weeks and, and move in? I, I told you I knew it's because, Ron, it was, I always knew it was supposed to be you. I don't even know where to begin, so I didn't have a weird ghost friend, it did, which means you're the one that sent me that, that thing, that did the thing, and, that, and now I can do the thing. Oh, and you bought us pizza, too. Aw, thanks. I, I mean, I feel, I feel like you're just kind of pointing out two of the literally millions <laughs> of things that I did throughout all of your lives to bring you here. I made you imagine, but anyway, it's pizza, yes. Oh, but that was good pizza. Well, I guess and technically me, too, but... That is true. Wait, does that make us? Does that make us siblings? Oh my god, does it? <laughs> I'm really excited. I think it does. Yeah, I guess technically, uh, you know, this oh. kind of makes you. Anyways, I feel like uh, we kind of got off subject. Uh, A little bit. Um. <laughs> okay, we 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 have to do something with that thing. What do you recommend we do, Mom? You ask her, and she just looks at the four of you and says. Play. And then you see her disappear. No! no. It's so Play. much to ask. And as she disappears, you now see this six-foot-tall flaming void and is now fully formed 
as all of these uh, digital hellhounds are just kind of like kneeling at its feet in obedience as this newly formed entity starts to like move for the first time in this in this dimension and and, and over millions of years. Well, shall we go at this like a dating sim or a first person shooter? I a little bit want to summon Godzilla. Can you do that? I think I can. I don't know that that's gonna help at all, so maybe I won't, but but I think I could. What I'd say there, son, is maybe maybe keep Godzilla in your back pocket for now. Okay. As we'll, we'll do. We'll come back to Godzilla, I think, uh, you know, maybe maybe if plan A, maybe, maybe we'll make that like a plan B, maybe a plan, plan C. It's fine if it's a plan Z. Hey, tree dude, do you speak English? Can you hear me? And the tree creature uh, looks towards the four of you, and it doesn't seem to have, like, a mouth, but you all four hear in your heads, Hey, what's up, guys? Y'all ready to, you want to, like, hang out? Or this is pretty crazy what you've done with the place. You, you, got, you guys heard that, right? Yeah. That wasn't just in my head? You, y'all, y'all heard that? Well, uh, welcome to our humble... Imagine looks over their shoulder at the crumbling internet cafe. <laughs> Are you a tree? Uh, shit, am I? And then uh, it like looks down and goes, oh, oh, I did not look like this the last time I was here. That's weird. Um, what okay. did you look like before? I guess I'm like, uh, tr- I don't know, kind of whatever, whatever I wanted. There was like a good while that I was just kind of like, you know, always like formless. And then there was a while that like I looked... I look like just whoever I kind of want. I see someone cool on the street, but like I look like them for a while. And then I think I think most of the time uh, I looked a lot like Peter Gabriel. People told me. I think oh. that's an ex- that's ah. an excellent choice. Is a uh, very handsome man. Well, so why aren't y'all trees? Is this so? What's happening in this? You know, since I left. Also, why am I yeah, here? I think I summoned you, dog. Okay. Um, hey, I'm Chet. What up? I'm uh. What up? Shit. What, uh, I guess. I guess y'all would know me as like the undecided. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. Like, what did you summon me for? Because I, I was like hanging out. With my, me and my friends we were just kind of waiting out the end of the nothing. The, the um, nothing. We weren't doing anything. I know. No, you can't trick me. You can't trick me. What? I know what you guys were doing. What? I know what you. I. How do you I, know? Well, you don't right. know what we're doing. You're just like a little. Like a little thing. What do you? How would you know what we were doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm a little thing. But like, I we like went a lot of crazy. I mean, I I am sorry. I'm super stoned right now. Still, like, it's but tight, tight. D- yeah, yeah. Perhaps you should offer it some some tree. Oh, do you want to hit? And um, I I pull out my vape rig. Give me a cool roll. Act under pressure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Eight. This like six foot tall void flaming tree ant like reaches over and and picks it up, tries to take a hit, but then it just like your vape rig just melts before. Oh, it's got fire! Oh my god, I can help with this. I think I could summon a bigger one. I'm sorry, you can do what now? I can magically summon a bigger one. I think oh, I've I never see. tried this before. I love the first thing you try and summon is a is a. It's a weed yeah, bait. you got some of the vape rig large enough for a uh, godlike entity to be able to yeah. hit it. Can God summon yeah, that vape you rig know so when large? We, we we just found out that that your mom, well, I, I suppose, was a god. Uh, so you know, I suppose you have some of these powers now. But uh, I mean, something else. But uh, you know, if you if you got if you think the drug angle will work with the uh, 
with the the drug like intrigue flame it's either man. that or i'm summoning a giant blunt it's one or the other which would you like, Giant Tree? I'll tell you, you know, I'm a little old school here. Uh, maybe maybe just a, uh, we, we called them J's back in the day. You know, we'd roll a Yo! doobie. Uh, now, Ron! Now I have... Ron, my dude, you used to talk? No, no, oh, I've only no! done it once or twice. Oh, dude, I knew but... it, I knew it! Yeah, imagine it's just standing there listening to these three humans have this conversation as there is what imagine is just told is a thing that a god made imagine to then like and so and then everyone's just talking about getting it high so imagine is like low-key seething and is like very much wanting to like attack but also, maybe getting it stoned first would help. If anyone like, you could also investigate a mystery or read a bad situation right now. And then, yeah. Winston, if you want to go ahead and try to summon that uh, giant magical god doobie, uh, I'll read a bad I'll... situation. What are you doing, Ron? I'm gonna I'm gonna give a help out action to win here. Okay. No need. I rolled a twelve. Oh, you could feel you could you could feel my help because I was telling you you know you got to twist it from both ends and then you lick it that's how you that's how you make it work that's how that's how we did it back in the day I rolled an eight okay and you're trying to read a bad yeah are there any dangers we haven't noticed you are kind of looking around and you had heard what Chet had said this was kind of like the last fight and then you also knew from uh, like your mission was to like stand with hunters in the final fight and with your understanding of like cosmic energies. It does seem like all of the energy around you is becoming more and more volatile, and it's not just where you are. It seems like the energy and makeup of this dimension is about to explode. Under their breath, imagine is gonna go, the longer it's here, the worse we will be. He's tearing our universe apart. Winston, you summon this giant magical doobie that is flame retardant but can be lit on fire to be smoked so it's a very fine line and ron was helping you twist it and then sure enough this treant creature reaches down and they just huff on it and they uh, just go <laughs> all right that's fucking okay uh did i make it too strong no that's good that's good stuff oh, okay. that's cool i guess uh well, you guys, y'all seem to summon here for something, and this is pretty tight, so I guess, are we just, like, gonna get high, and then I'm gonna head back out, or? No. That, Bro, yeah? you can't head oh, out. Oh. If you, okay. So, like, I know you want to hang with your friends, but, like, if oh, you, do you know my friends? hang with your, yeah, I know your friends, but, like, dude, you guys just gotta do you. Like, you can't hang no more, because then you're going to destroy our dimension. What? How did you know? How did, no, that's not, that wasn't what we are going to do, and he puts down the giant doobie. You know, we, I mean, that's, but we just didn't want to be alone anymore, and that's, and that's, but you understand, and you know what? Screw this. I don't have to listen to you. I'm going to go. If you if you're just here to dog dog dog, you don't have to be alone. You can hang with us. We've got things here that are really cool, separate from the giant weed that I apparently just summoned. Which we do have more of those okay. too. Well, I, I bet I could uh, scrounge up some snacks. Do you need? Uh, yeah, yeah, I could uh, make you some food. I I, I know that the oh. the uh, after smoking uh, some some pot, I I used to enjoy uh, maybe a a slider uh, and uh, get. I I don't believe we have any sandwiches left. The uh, the 
the digidogs uh, <laughs> devoured them. Oh, y'all, y'all need some more food and stuff. So, what, what happened to the out of the dog? Oh, I'm sorry. These all do- oh, these dogs are pretty tight. Here, just uh, yeah. If you just want that, he waves his hand towards many nodes, and it just starts to rebuild itself. Oh, my dude, good treant. We, you are a great and powerful being. Is there any way perhaps you could send the dogs off somewhere? They they do frighten dear, and imagine like grabs Winston. Dear Winston <laughs> so is so terrified and I do look out for my Oh dang, yeah, I don't want to be harsh in your vibe if, me... if the dogs are spooking. Here you go. And he just snaps. And he goes, yeah, they're all dead. You're good. Oh. Yeah, don't worry, I killed all those uh... dogs for you, kid. And speaking of, if you could get like Smaller, a little. I'll say it's a little weird, but I kind of can't change the form I am. I'm in right now. Oh. I don't oh, know. Well, it is. It is such a great form. We dare not ask you to change. For, for yeah, us. I didn't pick this. This is kind of weird to me too. I didn't. I like. I kind of feel like a little, mm. little weird like this. Like this isn't my skin. Sure, because you said usually you're a. Uh... You're one of them incorporeal beings, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just kind of whatever. Like you know, am you know, it's wibbly wobbly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. if you guys want to go inside, and I don't know, like yeah, you guys want to go like play some uh, Call of Duty or something. Yeah, yeah, okay. sure. Hey, hey uh, uh, give me, give me one second here. Uh, quick huddle, gang. Quick huddle. Uh, yeah, so, you know, one we're gonna try second, to dude. You you can call me a, a little slow here, but is it good that he stays or is it bad that he stays? Ah, uh, I have no idea. But it seems like it would probably be good. Okay. And also, Mom said play. Well, we can't we can't let him leave. But I don't think being here is super great anyways. They kind of... It is kind of my mission in life to make sure that he does die. Oh. Chet. Imagine, like, what happens if you, like, don't complete your mission? Imagine just goes blank. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's never occurred to you? <laughs> like like a computer getting in that, that loop. I think if I complete my mission, I get to go home. But home isn't... Uh, I, I thought home would be here. Oh, with, well, it... With... It's, with, it, with... I mean... I, I well, mean, imagine, you know you're always welcome here. Uh, yeah, you've, you've crashed on our couch, uh, I think, exclusively for the, for the entire time that you've been <laughs> here. And, year I've been here. <laughs> you know, and I, I know you keep saying you're looking for other places, but we, I mean, we just know you're welcome here. You're, you're always welcome to stay. All right, then. I suppose for now, let's, let's go play some video games. Yeah. As you say that, you hear some coughing behind you, and you see that he is taking a large drag off of the magical doobie <laughs> and uh, lets out a billow of smoke that uh, covers all four of you. And then once it clears, you find yourself now inside of the media room of many nodes. Everybody has a controller in their hands. Whoa. Oh. Oh. Whoa. So, uh, Mr. Ant, you, you've... You play any Rocket League? And he goes, "Oh, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't tried that. I mean, there's do a lot of a lot of first person shooters. I like to pwn people. I like to do a lot of no scoping. I just like to show oh, people how God. good I am." Yeah, I spend most of my time just kind of memorizing maps. And uh, you guys ever heard of glitch sure, points? Sure. Are you sure we don't want to kill him? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you, I'm. I, I'm a firm believer that uh, while video games don't cause violence, I don't like to invite that in my home. And so uh, we, I enjoy the the more, uh, not you know, I like the race cars. You get a race car and you hit a big soccer ball, or as uh, some might call it, a football. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, for me as an American, it's a soccer ball. And basically, your car, you just hit a soccer ball. I'll tell you what, it's, uh, it's a real good time. All right, so we want to do we want to do that one called Rocket League? Yes, it's quite fun. Great. Let's go. And as soon as you said let's go, your controllers turn into steering wheels. And you now all find yourself inside of what seems to be a uh, miniature car in a giant uh, soccer field. And you start to hear a, a countdown in the sky. Considering how much cars explode in this game, maybe this was a bad idea. Yeah, I'm real bad oh, at dang. Rocket League. I, I did not think this one through. <laughs> I think. Wait, 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 wait. I think better, I stay puffed myself. Better game. I have a better game idea. As Winston is pleading this, you just hear in the sky three, two, one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I instinctively hit that rocket yeah, boost. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta boost it. Everyone, just, you're gonna give me a 2d6 roll. We're gonna see who gets to the ball the soonest. Four. I got a seven. I got a four. I got a five. That means I'm I'm hanging back. I, I got goalie, guys. Don't worry. I, I'll, I'll goalie for a little bit. I think everybody else would imagine kind of like peels out a little bit and they don't get the little starter boost. Uh, and imagine you're heading straight forward the ball in the middle with the undecided coming at the other side. You just barely clip it, getting it out of the way of his, but um, you're kind of knocking it back. And so you all just hear the same voice in your head go, okay, so I figured we'll do, uh, you know, four versus one, pretty good at video games. So whoever gets the first point gets to choose uh, the next game. And, uh, you know, let's kind of make this interesting. You die in the game, you die in real life. I see that in a bunch of movies and that's a, that's a great thing. Uh, 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 I, I'll tell you what, Mr. Uh, Mr. God be in there. Uh, I think a, a lot of games do have kind of a lives system. You know, I, I think uh, there's okay. some rules that we can interpret. Okay, here, so what do you, you want to do? Yeah. You want you, what do you think is like the fair kind of like how many lives Six each? Six lives. Six kind of seems <laughs> a little. You know, that's Three. Okay, about, so let's cut that in half. Three lives, and then uh, all of can, you just can, and can it's I, in can your I vision press too. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. Select start AB. Like just <laughs> try to get that infinite life. You just cheat code. you just see Ron's car just like jerking <laughs> like forward, backward, and stuff like that as he's trying to do that. All of you, once uh, the undecided says you all have three lives in your actual vision, you now see like three little bobbleheads of yourself. Oh, I don't I, like that he can do I'm that. I'm going to say this is a win. I think this is a better... It's better than one. As y'all are having these conversations and being terrified about the uh, the three lives rule, you then see the undecided do one of those cool-ass like explosion jump boosts in the car, hits the uh, soccer ball in the air, and it's now flying towards his goal. Holy. Okay. I'm I'm here. I'm goaling. I'm ready to go. I'm 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 moving forward. I'm not like near the goal because I know you can get knocked into it. I've played this game a few times. I have several hour, hundred hours logged in. Win Win does not know about my secret Rocket League oh. obsession. Act under pressure with plus cool, and because you uh, have secretly played this game whenever Win's asleep for the last few years. Uh, you are going to get an additional plus one. With the plus one, that's a thirteen. Oh, Ron just runs up on the side of the ramp, does a jump off, and then just hits the ball off perfectly to where the undecided was on his side of the court, and Ron has knocked the ball into the other side of the court, which is going to give someone a plus one moving forward on an attempt to make a score. Who's going for it next out of Chet and Winston? All right, so I put my foot down on the thing. I'm a, I'm a treating this like a real car. So yeah, you are going to yeah, also yeah, give absolutely. me an act under pressure roll, and you get a plus one from Ron. 
That is a nine. Winston flies forward and tries to hit the ball and misses it once and then swerves back and is able to hit it to where it's like propelling forward towards the undecided goal but doesn't make it in. And then Winston kind of uh, peels out and drives up the wall. And now what's Chet doing? Chet's just gonna... Uh, oh, I'm real bad at Rocket League. I'm real bad at Rocket League. I'm real you bad at Rocket this, League. And I'm just accelerating towards the ball. All right, act under pressure. I got a four. <sighs> so Chet is barreling towards the ball and gets like one of those nice boosts and then jumps up and is about to hit it. And as soon as that happens, the Undecided's car also collides with Chet. And you see Chet explodes as uh, the Undecided Ooh. knocks the ball on back onto the other side. Chet loses uh. one life as Chet respawns. Chet, Chet, you okay? Uh, I feel about two-thirds okay, one-third not okay. <laughs> Fair. All right. <laughs> that, that makes mathematical sense, yeah. Yeah. But you now see that the Undecided is doing some good weaving uh, in and out, getting the ball back on uh, their side. Imagine, what are you doing? I'm going after the Undecided, not the okay, ball. Okay, so you're going to give me a tough roll. That is a 9 plus 2, so 11. So you see Imagine swerving in and out, and the Undecided, you hear, you hear them laughing, and it's like, oh, you're not going to get the ball with that. You're not even doing those texts. Oh, shit. Uh, I see what you're doing. And then Imagine just hits a boost, just runs into their car, and just uh, the Undecided explodes. The ball is now open. What is Ron doing? It's closest to you. All right. So it, the, the ball is now in the open. I'm, I'm leaving my post uh, uh, at uh, the, the goal. So, you know, heads up, leaving goal. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing the quick the quick chat that I'm about to go for it or whatever. So, so everyone knows that someone else needs to cover the goal. Uh, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to do one of those, uh, tactically sound, but not very flashy headers where you hit the ball on the ground, but you can aim it better that way. It's just, it just doesn't look mm -hmm. very okay, cool. So yeah, you're going to give me an act under pressure and you'll get a plus one since imagine just blew up the undecided. No. Oh yeah. I'm un unopposed. 10. And so Ron hits it. It's not too flashy. The undecided is slowly coming back in. And you hear him go, what's the point of even doing something if it's not fucking cool? That's such a noob hit. doesn't even uh. count. And then you hear the goal sound goes off. And then you all find yourself sitting back in Mini Notes Cafe. He's like, oh, fine. God, oh, that's not even like a good win. Like, you just fucking cheated pretty much. So, like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> Oh, he's one of those. <laughs> well, you know what, Dad? How about we how about we pick a different game then? You know, before we pick a new game, do, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Flaming Tree God, do 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 you have a, a name or something that you prefer to be called? Uh, I, I feel I mean, weird. Last time I was here, you know, I told everyone to call me the Undecided because everyone else came up with like a pretty fucking tight name and like. Dude, mm. it's so hard to come up with cool-sounding things. Like that's true. It is not that hard. I mean, you try it. You try it right. You tell me one name. If like, if you were trying to get people okay. to do this whole quest to change their entire lives just to tell you and your four friends that the end of the universe is about to come, but it's like you gotta make them think that they're saving themselves and not just giving us a heads up. Like, what would you say to pe for people call you? The beholder of the undying light. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Shit. Uh, let's okay. see. We've got the the unnamed, the immortal peace bringer. We have wow. those okay. who stand among the stars. We have. It's not yeah, that it's, hard. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. That's, that's like super good at that's this. That's pretty good. That's um. <laughs> shit. You know what? Fuck no. You know I don't. I didn't. I didn't need to come up with a cool name. I can do whatever I want. 
But damn, those are really good. Yeah. They're shit. Can can you <laughs> write those down you, and tell me them? And but like, don't write your name on the sheet for no reason. Anyways, what's the next game? Well, you know, I, I think the the real problem with you, Mister Mister Undecided, is if someone decides to shorten it, then then you're just kind of undie. Huh? You know? right. Just go with George. Uh, I think hey. it fits. George is good. I'll tell you, I like Beholder, Mr. Beholder. Yeah, Ooh, yes. that's strong. My, my name's George Beholder. Let's move on. What's the next game? Yes. <laughs> All right, hey guys, quick, huddle up, huddle up. All right, All right. one second. Okay, maybe, maybe if we can, uh, uh, here, here's what I'm thinking. If we can think of a game that has kind of a, a, a non-violent loop, uh, something that that'll keep him busy literally for eternity, where there's no violence in it, but like he has to do something every single day. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, we had Stardew Valley or that Angry Goose game. I feel like he might enjoy that. What's, Goose what's is the like one like Stardew Valley, but it's, it's like the Nintendo? What's the one with the uh, with the little people with the big heads, and they gotta like go fishing and find seashells? <gasps> Animal Crossing, dude. That's like my fave game. Oh, yeah. All right. We just get him in there. We yeah. get him in debt. And then we are golden. I'm yeah. saying if we're Tom Nook, he's beholden to us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're the beholder. The beholder hey, 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 hey. is the beholden. Oh, 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 dad, you're a genius. Let's bring him in. You guys know that your, your huddle isn't like a dome of silence. I heard everything you said. You were in the same room. Ah. Uh. Or let's just play Animal Crossing. I know you're going to pick it anyways. Let's just cut to the chase. And then you all find yourselves now as villagers within the game Animal Crossing. And he goes, okay, so what's the the point of this game? We just got to build the town, right? And then just just make money? Yeah, and yes. you got to pick the make weeds. Make as much money as possible. You gotta make yeah, but it's also about like making the town beautiful and being yeah, a good gotta. neighbor. As y'all are having these conversations, you see the undecided has just started walking off and is now talking to townspeople and just with their hand, just like pointing at things and buildings are just being erected, towns are being mm. moved around. It, Oh, oh, that's man. cheating. He's hacking Animal Crossing. It should have taken him at least a day to get through the tutorial. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> I have a move called Net Friends where I can contact someone to help me. Like, contact a net friend is this Animal Crossing version online. I'm assuming that Chet would just uh, have a very in-depth knowledge of Animal Crossing and would know what what's the best NPC to contact in the game that you're oh. physically living oh, in. Oh, Mr. Resetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Y'all, guys, I think that we can buy some time. I know how to get Rossetti in this bitch. Ooh. We gotta just, okay. So, I, I wanna try what, to- What's a Rossetti? Oh, he Is gets like real mad if you turn off the game. If you try to cheat the game, Mr. Rossetti gets so mad. I'm surprised he's not, like, already here already. But I'm gonna try to roll plus charm to contact Rossetti 9. Someone can help out for a full success. Does this count as fighting a monster? In a weird way, it does. So, yes, I'm going <laughs> to give it to you. I have my power of heart uh, ability, which uh, when fighting a monster, I can help someone and I, I automatically have a 10, which means I give a plus one to their roll. So uh, yeah, I guess uh, my my help action uh, to you, Chet, would just be like, well, this, this uh, so is he like, is, is Rossetti a landlord? And I just ask questions about like Rossetti and that just gets you talking and really hyped. To, yeah. No. So like he gets like, he gets real, real angry. I, it's oh. like, cause like you think you're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to turn it off. Cause I just did a thing I didn't want to do. But he was like, you can't reset the game that messes with oh. the game. 
you're cheating at the game. And this guy's cheating at the game. Well, then you you get that. You get that, Mr. Rossetti. <laughs> yeah, and then as you're describing Mr. Rossetti and all of the cheating that George Beholder is doing, Mr. Rossetti pops up out of his little mole hole thing. And it's just kind of like, wait a minute. Is someone cheating at the game here? Because my whole thing is just a good, honest, clean game. Uh, we got to build the town. And if you try to mess up the mechanics, like the whole point of this game is to have a fun, very casual experience. And if you're cheating, it really just kills the essence of Animal Crossing, which don't tell any other people here that it's a video game because only I, Mr. Rossetti, know that. Everyone else here thinks it's a real place and the stakes are real for them. But when you do turn off and restart your game, I die with it. <laughs> Oh. You see George Beholder get yelled at by Mr. Rossetti. As Mr. Rossetti's yelling at George Beholder, you see buildings and parts of the town that were built by them like starting to disappear. And the four of you now have some townsfolk coming up and asking you for help because Mr. Rossetti was like told everybody that you are the four in charge. So to just to make this clean and easy, each of you are going to give me a help out role and we're going to see how well the town <laughs> responds to each of you. Seven. Eight for Chet. Eleven. Three. Ooh. I can I can work with Win. I can work with Win as he only <laughs> rolled yeah, three. Winston gets you know, uh, overwhelmed by townsfolk, and you see him like faint and fall on the ground, and then uh, flash out, and then reappear standing up again. And Winston, in your vision, it now just shows two little heads. That's bad. You you found a way to die in a game where you can't die. <laughs> Yeah, that's real tough. <laughs> Son of a biscuit. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, so Chet, Imagine, and Ron uh, now have assignments, and they're trying to get them done. And you're starting to get a little overwhelmed because you can see in the background that Mr. Rossetti is gone. It seems like he has a good understanding of like where he's going to get the most money and, and, uh, and renown throughout the town. So I know what I want. Yeah, Winston, it's your it's your time to shine then. You see everyone else was like stepping up and all the townsfolk that were uh, harassing you with orders kind of backed off. So you're free while Ron, Imagine, and Chet are busy. I want to follow him to the museum and I want to trap him in this museum. Give me a check. I thought we were about to go fuck up Tom Nook. Huh. Like, all right. Oh, I'll tell you what, capitalism has its problems and its name is Tom Nook. <laughs> <laughs> it's 13. Winston follows George Beholder into the museum as uh, George is being overwhelmed with menial tasks within the museum. And you all see Winston, like, follow George in and then come back out. And Winston just holds up his hand and there's just, like, a casing around the museum that happens. And you hear from inside, oh, fucking, that's not cool, man. And then the world of Animal Crossing like fades around you and you find yourself back in many nodes. And he goes, all right, fine. I guess you won that one just because you trapped me in the damn thing and you went in and changed the code. That's not cool. You know what? Screw it. I'm picking this time. I don't care that I said winner gets to pick the game. And then he, ah. and then he goes, and we all going to do the best fucking game ever. And that's Call of Duty Black oh, Ops, no. y'all. And he hits a oh, button. No. You guys are transformed. Ah into the world of Call of Duty. As soon as you're in there, all like the air just smells and tastes like Mountain Dew. It's my own personal hell. Someone give me a sharp roll. I can. Chet gets a nine. Chet, you are standing there and then everybody is talking and then you start to realize that, oh shit, you are in Call of Duty and there's a bunch of weapons around you and you start to see like George Beholder has grabbed one of them and is like turning to fire on you, Chet. 
I want to tackle him. Roll to kick some ass. And and we're all still like dicking around with each other, so we don't even notice this. <laughs> Got a seven minus one. Can I mark luck to change that to a twelve? Yes, you can. So all what right. happens is is Chet was running towards George Beholder. And you all see Chet trying to swing a knife very far away from George Beholder. And then George shoots at Chet. And then Chet, like, glitch blinks behind George and stabs him. And you see George blink out. They now have respawned on another part of the map. <laughs> nice. Oh, 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 guys, I think the game started. Oh, God. Yeah, game started, guys. Let's get to a high vantage point. I don't know this map. Can I pick up a gun? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I could, I'd, I'd like to... um. Uh, use one of my mundane powers, which is what could go wrong. Whenever I charge into immediate danger without hedging my bets, I can do some stuff. I would like to just pick up the first gun I see and, like, kick open the door and run out and start firing, uh, hopefully I see George mm -hmm. Beholder. So, yeah, I'm just gonna start running and shooting. I can inflict one harm, mm -hmm. and I can, um, I'll reduce someone else's harm suffered by one, uh, if the okay. time comes to that. You run out and are trying to shoot, and you do get a shot off towards, you just picked up a handgun, and you're firing towards where George Beholder is, and you can see that they are camping out, trying to snipe all of you coming out of the exit of the uh, spawning room that you're all in. So you can kind of call it and let people know that George is, is definitely holding you down and sniping you. But what is spooky, though, is even though it's not supposed to be in the, in the game style, there are, do seem to be some zombies walking about that are shuffling towards you as well. Okay. Do I have my wings? You do have your, you do try some of your wings, and they do seem to be present here. Hell yeah. Well, I guess I'll supply some... Aerial support. I roll plus tough, and you're going to get an additional plus one because of uh, the high ground advantage. Well, I rolled two sixes. Plus three is 15. So you start to lay down cover support, and you get a headshot on George Beholder, and you hear him just go, Oh, God, that's cheating. How did you, how did you even know I was there? That's not even the shark. Oh, oh, you know what? That's not fair. Okay, well, how about more zombies? And then you start to see more zombies pop up and are swarming the four of you. I want to summon something else that shouldn't be in this goddamn game. Do it. Is it time for Plan G? Yeah. yeah. Plan G. I'm <laughs> summoning Godzilla. So you're going to be trying to do use some magic, but you're trying to do big magic. Oh, that is big magic, isn't it? Finding themselves back in a video game, our four heroes prepare to take down their foe once and for all as Godzilla. The fate of Prime 4 rests in the haphazard hands of these four gamers. As the four Prime Dimensions make their final stand, the fabric of their dimensions rips at the seams. With little hope left, the time to reveal the fate of the four Prime Dimensions and the line beyond them has arrived. This is the end. Prime one. I think uh, for, for right now I did just blow myself up, so I'm still shaking the hat off. So I'm just, I'm just I'm gonna keep it simple. I'm gonna hit it with a couple more shells from the grenade launcher. Being an eight.
either the grenade launcher and in exchange what's gonna happen some of your armor you realize is like got damage in that so your armor is now reduced to just one <laughs> you're not gonna take any damage from that last one but you're like running around trying to do that and you realize like as some of the um debris falls back on you like some of your armor chunked away in the big explosion so you now only have one armor ouch all right. Ezra, what are you doing now? You see this creature is um, seems to be charging up again for another big charge attack. Okay. I am going to... I guess I'll just roll to kick some ass. A nine plus two, 11. Do you want to inflict terrible harm? I'm, I kind of want to like force them back instead. I kind of want to do something to maybe not negate harm to myself, but negate this upcoming attack. Is there any way to like knock it over temporarily or push it back to a point where we basically just gain another turnaround? So what I would give Ezra on this, even with like the full success, mm -hmm. Ezra can expose themselves to great harm uh -huh. in exchange to like stop it dead in this charge attack and kind of like mm -hmm. hold it off. Yeah, I'll do that. So yeah, Ezra runs up, starts firing and blasting at this thing, mm -hmm. and it immediately realizes that Ezra is doing like flaming holy damage and starts to trade blows back and forth with Ezra. So Ezra is going to take three void damage, so it will negate your armor, but Cindy and... Rodney are now opened up. This thing seems to be completely fixed in on Ezra. Okay. What is the current drummer boy situation? Right now, that big howitzer blast you did did take out most of them in your immediate vicinity. It does seem like there's another group shambling your way. It seems like they're going to be on you in about five or so minutes. They're pretty slow still. Okay, so so they're, they're not an immediate concern. In that case, Rodney, do you have a... Uh... A plan. Do I have what? A, a plan for the current moment. Um, to just keep attacking the monster until we kill it. I don't know. <laughs> um, I can try to cover the little drummer boys if you think that's a better use. Oh of, no, uh, they're they're fine. They're they're still they're still ways out there. We we took care of the bulk of them for right now. Okay. Yeah, I'm just gonna reach down and pick up like a javelin missile launcher. You know, one of those like real big. Now keep bulky in mind, Ezra weapons. is engaged. Ezra does not have a sword, but Ezra is kind of going back and forth in relatively close proximity Point. with this thing. In so that if case. you whatever whatever explosive damage you do to this creature will hit Ezra the exact same. In that same. case. Ezra is not long for this world anyway, if that influences your decision. No, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, it, it, it does, it does, it does. I'm going to pick up a big old uh, 50 cal machine guns. I'm just gonna shoot the shit out of it. First, give me an act and a pressure roll to see how precise you can be with this high-powered machine gun. Ten. You definitely will have, like, full control over this. And now I'll roll to kick some ass. That is another twelve. Nice. So you start firing on it. It doesn't do holy or fire damage, so the armor will take into effect. But you do get some shots off onto the creature. It slams its foot down uh, as you shoot in its back, and a small fissure opens up, and Sydney's foot gets trapped in there. Um, she's going to take one harm and uh, is just kind of like stuck in a crack in the ground. Is that one harm before or after? I'm going to try to help her. Your armor would um, negate it, but you are you you do seem like to be stuck in a little fissure that it opened up. Rad, Rodney, okay. what are you doing? I want to help Cindy out of the fissure, so I, I roll to help out for that. Uh, if you're trying to to get them out, you would be rolling to protect someone, which is tough. Okay, that's a five. 
plus one. You run and you try to get Cindy out of this fissure. Another fissure just cracks right next to that one. And it's way <laughs> large than this one. So Rodney's going to fall down and take two harm as Rodney's, both of Rodney's legs are kind of stuck in a hole in the ground below him. Fisher twins. Okay. I would die because I am just a normal human. Oh no. <laughs> he doesn't have any magic abilities or anything like that. But I took the gumshoe move called the long goodbye, which means I cannot die if I have an open case. Ooh. As long as I keep to my code, and as long as I have a case going, I physically cannot die. You suffer harm as normal, but your death is postponed until after you've completed or abandoned the case, or I break my code. I don't really know how harm is going to work past this, or how I'll get knocked out, but uh, Rodney, Rodney should be dead. But he's very upset. All my friends keep dying. What we're going to do for this mechanically, Rodney now can no longer- If you have any luck points left, Rodney doesn't get to use any luck. Okay, yeah, I had two left. You all see Rodney, like, fall through, hit his head, and it looks like Rodney should be dead by all counts. And then he just gets up and you just you see Rodney just asks you go, hey, did we finish the job yet? No. <laughs> no. No? No, still still working on that. Yeah, and so Rodney, you seem you're in the worst pain you've ever been in, but for some reason it seems like you're not dead and you maybe should be. But Rodney dear, are you okay? Are you okay? No. All my friend, my friends keep dying. My lizard keeps almost dying. There's a void monster. I'm, I'm in excruciating pain. But for some reason, I just I can't give up. We gotta keep going, right? Ezra, you see Rodney fall, hit his head, and is seemingly not dead for some weird reason. But Ezra, what are you doing? As um, the creatures now kind of like disengage with you a little bit. Yeah. So you you have a chance to act. Oof. Um. If I were to use my healing magic on Rodney, would it do anything? Like, would it prevent death from coming at the end of this open case? Or would it, is it just like Rodney's... Rodney's gonna die. Rodney's gonna die no matter what. Okay. Rodney, if, if you guys finish this case, Rodney dies afterwards. If you don't Got finish it. the case, all of you die. Yeah, our, our, right. our entire universe dies. Fair enough. Okay, well, Rodney can't die. Cindy is in better shape than I am. If I take any damage at all, I'm dead because I only have one harm point left, which means that no matter what attack I do, I'm dead. So I might as well go out doing damage is kind of what I feel like. Brad, okay, everyone's Ezra, give me a use magic roll. A use magic roll? Yeah, give me a use magic roll. Give me a weird check. All right. I'm going to use my last luck point on that. So Ezra, you are trying to weigh your options mm -hmm. and you look at the tactical nuke and kind of think to yourself of like, well, that last option would kill all them. And you see Ezra's wings form up again uh, around them. Ezra, you kind of open yourself up to that same way that you did for, uh, for when you mm -hmm. saw like Lamar die. Right. And you realize that this thing is your bane and you're its bane. And you might be able to end this and make sure that at least Cindy can go home. Right. I think I, I, I have this situation. I feel my wings unfurling. Can my eyes glow? I want my eyes to glow. Yeah. 
My eyes start glowing. Ooh. I think I'm sort of start to become wreathed in this like holy flame that is the exact visual antithesis of whatever this void energy is. And even if human eyes aren't necessarily capable of distinguishing these things in a meaningful way, there's this understanding when you look at me that this thing and I are, are opposites in every conceivable manner. I look for a second over my shoulder at Rodney and I kind of give this half smile where like, I know exactly where this is going. I don't know if Rodney has understood it yet, but he will. Rodney, Rodney nods. I look over at Cindy and I say, say hi to Susan for me. And then I do what needs to be done. So you're gonna go ahead and give me a tough roll and you're gonna add plus two to it on top of whatever your tough is. Oh my God. So I rolled a five. I add two for a seven plus the additional two makes it a nine. Ezra just charges and starts firing their gun. And then with Ezra's last will, transforms this gun back into a sword as soon as they make striking distance. And you see Ezra just lunge through this 20 foot tall colossal void beast and just blasts a giant hole through its chest as you just see Ezra dissipate into just angelic light energy on the other side of it as Ezra dies. This creature looks like it's very close to the end. Fuck. All my friends are dead. Or about to be dead. I'm not dead yet. I'm on my way, though. What does Rodney do after he sees Ezra die? Rodney's really upset. He's probably crying. He tells Cindy to take care of Eugene and picks up a grenade launcher. He's just trying all the different explosive weapons he can. And I guess I can just keep taking harm, right? I mean, I'm I'm just blasting my body apart as I do this. I'm just going to try to shoot it at the monster. Roll plus cool. A seven. So Roddy just looks at Cindy and just goes, all right, take care of Eugene, and just picks up two grenade launchers and then shoots at the ground below him. <laughs> And so Rodney just explodes up in the air, still doesn't seem to die, then lands in the giant hole that Ezra left in the chest. Rodney starts blasting grenade launchers inside of this creature as it just, as Rodney predicted, doesn't have armor in the inside of its body. And Rodney found a way to get inside and attack from the inside. As you see this thing just explode and crumble in on itself, Cindy, even if you spent the whole night searching in it, you do not find any trace of Rodney's body. But Cindy, you stand in a now open field because Edminions is destroyed. And once this 20 foot creature collapsed, a blast of light shoots out everywhere, and the closest group of little drummer boys seem to transform back into regular people. And Cindy realizes she saved her dimension, but all of her friends are dead. Three. Do you have any bombs, Lope? Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to read a bad situation. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you get to choose one off of that list. What's the best way to protect 
us. That's a mixed bag because what you're starting to look around and realize because Lopez said a bunch of stuff that didn't really make any sense and Alice is the only one out of this group that's really ever done anything with magic. Harold has some ghost abilities, but Harold is just a ghost and doesn't understand <laughs> about being a ghost. But with Alice's studying and looking around, you kind of realize that the best way to protect you all is that like you have you have to finish this fight because what Alice didn't realize before, it seems like there's cracks in the sky. You thought it was just winged beasts filling up the sky, but it does look like the actual structure of your dimension is breaking apart right now. And Alice also puts together the fact that the greater we is humanity on a whole to where the four of you, as long as you kill this beast, it doesn't matter if any of you live because if you don't kill it, none of you live. Well, I'm going to die either way. So I should grab the shotgun and I hold it at my hip and I like climb out of the car <laughs> right as I lob a bomb at the manacore. Okay. Roll to kick some ass. Oh, I'm going to have to use another luck point because that was a six. So you hurl the bomb and it hits the manticore. It does seem to be very hurt by it. And Alice then is going to take two harm because the Mothman is behind you. And what's weird about the Mothman, it's just like flapping wings on you. It's more annoying and stuff like that. But then it gets some weird growth moth like fuzz in your mouth. So you're kind of choking a little bit after you threw the bomb. So you're going to take two harm from the it's Mothman. eating your hoodie. Yeah, it's just like trying to eat your hoodie just a little bit. Ugh, get off, you weirdo. The sword came from like previous research and work, yeah, right? Yeah, y'all just had, yeah, y'all brought it to kill the Manticore. We don't know where it is right now, right? If you give me a sharp roll, you could look for it if you're trying to. I think I would like to look for it. So I'm shooting at the Manticore and you're doing the sword stuff. Lope like stands up in the back seat and like claps Alice on the shoulder and just says, nice shooting, Oh, shit. That is a three. You see what you think is the sword in the rubble, and you're like, oh, I got it. And you just, like, run over there, and you pull it up. And it's just, it's just like, the inside of a Coke can that was just, like, kind of sticking out. So it kind of, like, reflected and looked a little silvery. And then you pull it up before you realize that it's not the sword. You go, I got the sword. Oh, no, that's not the sword. And then similar <laughs> to what happened to Charles, oh, Lope is just picked up and flown up into the sky. But as Lope gets picked up, Charles was just like grasp around his shoulder. Lope, two of the talons of the manticore bear into Lope for three harm. You're now poisoned again. Oof, that's fine. Oh, also, Harold, you need to take an, an extra harm because you're still poisoned. Uh, it goes through your ghost armor. And Lope is now, like, flying up in the air, just grasped by the talons of the manticore. He just grabs onto one of the talons and starts trying to pull himself up. Oh, my God. Shit, give me an act under pressure. It rips through Ooh. your flesh. Ten. What are you trying to do besides get out from the claws? Because I want to know what else, you, in addition, you're trying to do to this. I'm trying to basically climb onto the manticore and just, like, get as high up on the manticore's body as I can. Basically moving it from, like, the manticore having me to me having the manticore. You de-impale yourself from the manticore claws. So you're going to take three harm. You'll just take the two harm Oof. because your armor. And then you will take an extra point of poison damage that negates your armor. As you're just bleeding, you do get on top of the manticore and are able to hold on, but, like, 
You're very, I'm assuming, close to death. Oh, I am one from yeah, dying. Yeah, so you're on top of the mana core, but you you are by yourself, and this thing is just, like, soaring, and it realizes you're on top of it, so it's, like, trying to, like, fly up, upside down, and just, like, throw you off. So, Lope, what are you doing? I am putting my big-ass hand cannon that I brought with me to hunt a mana core with at the back of its skull and just emptying it. I roll it kicks the ass. That's an 11. Well, this is what's gonna happen. You all see Lope do that. You see him like holding on with one hand and he pulls out his giant hand cannon. The man does a flip to where it's now like flying on its back and Lope lets out a shot of its hand cannon, and the manticore lets out a giant scream as it is hurt. Can I inflict terrible harm? Yeah. Fantastic. So you all hear a shot go off from Lope's hand cannon, and it draws your attention. You see Lope fall from the back of the manticore, and his body hits the ground and just explodes. Alice, what are you doing? The Mothman's now off you. There's some hellhounds on you. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I don't, he has my knife. I don't have a knife anymore. Ah, why did I give Lope my knife? He's dead now. Can't even use it. Ungrateful. Oh, oh my god, Lope's dead. Okay, I'm going to uh, shoot the hellhounds with my shotgun. All right, roll to kick some ass. Well, I rolled an eight. You are going to trade some blows. You do get shots off, but since there's multiple hounds, you are going to take three harm as they're overwhelming you. <sighs> you kill one with one of the shots, and you're able to blast one, and like, and it falls back. Uh, but it does seem like more beasts are coming out of the woodwork on you. Charles and Harold, what are you two doing? You were still flying around, and then you just saw Lope fall to his death. Is the manticore still flying? Yeah, the manticore is still flying. Let I. This is not a good way to do this. We've got to get down. Can yeah. you? Let's put you down and see if you can hit that thing. And I say, we need to get the sword. Okay, well, you shoot at the thing. I'm going to go get the sword. Right. I think I remember where it is. And I... Try to remember where it is. I definitely remember where it is. All right, yeah, so you got full success. You look around, you use your ghost sight, and then you do able to see it. So you start raking your way over to the sword. Charles, what are you doing? You're sat on the ground. The manticore is in the air, but you do see what looks like just a giant winged bear running towards you. I mean, it's fun, though, because the bear's so big, it does have wings, and they're trying to flap, but, like, the bear's still too big to, like, get off the ground with it. So every once in a while, it does, like, a little hop, the wings flap, and it glides a little bit. Like, it would look real adorable if it wasn't feral and, like, you know, seven feet tall and trying to kill you. Charles has just seen his friend die, and Charles is enraged. So Charles is going to take his machete, and he is going to stab the bear in the face. Do it. Roll to kick some ass. That would be a double sixes, y'all. So that's going to yeah. be yeah. a 13. What I'm just going to do is you don't have to pick an effect. You're not going to trade any harm. The bear roars at you. Whoa. You roar just as ferociously back. And you just run. Do the cool, like, run, jump in the air where you're about to, like, hit each other. And then Charles just, like, slices the head of the bear off as he, like, lands on the ground conveniently next to Alice. Charles is panting and covered in blood, but was he that looks- that cool? That sounded cool! It that was really cool! Thank you. Alice! Alice, you're very hurt. Yes! W what can I do? I don't know. Has any of the special items rematerialized after being blown up? No. God damn it! Ugh. Let's just kill this thing! For Lope. Harold, what are you doing? You have found the sword, but it was like a good distance away, and it does seem like the poison is still affecting you. 
I am going to use magic to try and heal myself, as oh, is yeah. part of the use magic rule, and that is going to be an 13. All right, so you won't get any heals, but what will happen is the poison is now out of your body, so you will no longer be taking continuous damage. And then I'm going to fly back towards where right, my now, fan so you, friends now, are going to die. Now you give me an action to pressure roll to see if you can get over there in a fast amount of time. Let's say yes. You are able to make your way, and so the three of you are now pretty much back to back as there's just hordes and hordes of beasts surrounding the three of you, and the manticore is just flying above, letting out roars that seem just to be calls to actions. As you see, like, the manticore is, like, flying upward in the air, which uh, Charles had recognized this before. It's the, the manticore is going to pretty much try to dive bomb the three of you. What are you all three doing? I, can I use magic to heal myself? I haven't done this before. I, I don't think you I've healed myself it. before, but I can try. I've, I've read the books. Oh, no. You try to use magic to heal yourself, and then you use magic to just burn yourself, and you're going to take two harm. Oh, my God. Why did I do that? I'm dying. You see Alice try to, they're like, okay, I think I got this. Oh, no. Because then Alice <laughs> just sets themselves ablaze. Charles takes off his velvet smoking jacket and wraps it around Alice. All right, and then the you fire. give me an act and a pressure roll because you're trying to do that as all these creatures around you. Seven plus two is a nine. You're able to put the flames out on Alice. That was your one action before the manticore drops. Harold, what are you doing? Uh, charging the damn thing. Harold shoots straight, look, watching the shenanigans going on around him. Shoots straight up in the air with the sword. Okay, yeah, do it. 13. Harold is going to fly up. What are you going to do for your uh, for your extra on 10? So uh, Harold's going to fly clean up and wielding the sword do, I'm hoping, double damage to end the threat. So, yeah, like, let me know if that pans out. You see Harold fly into the manticore's open mouth and you don't see Harold come back on the other side because uh, Harold does do a devastating blow where it's very close to death, but that did do four harm to Harold and it will negate your... And that's Harold. He's dissolved inside of the manticore. Harold, Harold is dead, too. Harold is dead. Harold didn't think he could die, so this is a real shock to him, too. The manticore is now just spewing... <laughs> poisonous manticore blood all beneath itself. It does seem very close to death. So instead of it doing the dive bomb attack that was on all of you, uh, both Charles and Alice need to give me an act under pressure roll to see if they can get away out of this blood. 11, nine. Charles is able to make his way out of it. Alice, you're gonna, you're gonna barely escape. You're gonna take one harm, but you are now poisoned. The next action you take, you will take an additional harm on. Uh, because you got splashed pretty pretty heavily by all of this. Charles, you now see that there's just like what seems to be some, uh, weirdly enough, some vampire woodchucks trying to like bite at you. Vampire woodchucks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charles shoves some buckshot in the gun. He tries to shoot at the squirrels, so it gets them all. Do it. Nine. Uh, yeah, so you are able to spray blast them. One does just like jump on you, bears its fangs into your shoulder. You're gonna take two harm as you just like use the butt of your gun to hit it off. You did successfully do that. Alice, what are you doing? I'm gonna chuck my last bomb at it. Chuck it away, plus Tef. Uh, you're gonna take an extra minus one on top of this because you are unstable and, 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 and poisoned. Doesn't matter anyways, because I rolled a two. Use my last luck point 
right before dying. What's gonna happen is, is you were aiming for the manticore. It does not hit the manticore, but you are able to just hit the ground to where you do clear out the immediate surrounding of monsters on the two of you. Has now righted itself and is like flying back towards the two of you again, uh, trying to do a final assault and swipe. So both of you are gonna give me an act under pressure. 10. Okay, and then Alice? 11. <laughs> All right, so both of you are able to jump out of the way as with you exerting yourself like that, the poison courses through your vein and you take one more harm. Dying. Yeah, so you look over, Alice is, is struggling really hard. What are you doing, Charles? I think Charles needs to end it. Otherwise, everyone's gonna die. All right. So Charles, uh, he doesn't have his big gun anymore. No. But I think he has his trusty shotgun yeah. that he's had with him for 20 years. So. I think he um, takes a knee to get a good right angle with his arm. Um, and he looks the manticore straight in the eye. And he says, this is for those who have died. And for those that will if we don't end it. And he shoots. All right, roll pl plus stuff. Eight plus one is nine, but I'm going to use a luck point. All right, great. Yeah, so you are able to shoot it. It takes the shot, and then some of its claws like scrape your back. You're gonna take two harm, and you're now poisoned. It looks like just one more hit could possibly kill this thing. Alice, what are you doing? You are struggling very hard right now. In my final breath, I'm going to just kind of like hold the barrel, hold the uh, the barrel of the shotgun in one hand, cock it, it like air pump it. Prop it up on my leg, angle it up and say, fuck you, and just fire at the manticore. All right, and you're also gonna, you're still going to take a minus one on this uh, because of your state. Six. Alice tries to hold their shotgun up and take a final shot at the manticore, and then it just, like, does a sharp 180 turn. The gust of wind from the manticore's wings throws Alice off throwing the shotgun to the side, Charles is going to take a blast in the face for three harm. Oh, wait. I Charles is dead. Yeah. Oh, my God! And Alice sees their friend die, the manticore coming right back towards them. And before the manticore can bear its fangs into you, you see all of reality break down and your universe is destroyed in front of you. Prime 2. You want us to kill you. I don't want to be alone. And I will not go back to that. You're not alone. Can I use what could go wrong? It, uh, pretty much, without hedging your bets, hold two, you may spend whenever you charge into immediate danger. I definitely know that this, like, being a deity is probably very dangerous, but at the same time, I want to try to keep going with what I was saying and really try to tap into the fact that maybe they are having some kind of human-like experience. And I'm just gonna go up and I am going to just crouch near it and give it a hug like it is my sister and just say, listen, 
I don't know why you look like my sister, but perhaps there's a part of you in her and in me and in all of us. And if you created this place, then, you know, we knowing it, why wouldn't we want to give to you what you've given us and you've given us life and you could still give us life. And if we could give you just a semblance of that back, I don't know if that would be balanced, but I know it'd be the right thing to do. Julianne would like to kneel down next to Kurt and just say, this is my brother, Kurt. He is incredible and he motivates me every day to do the best that I can. He's caring, supportive, funny, sometimes a pain in the ass, <laughs> you know, a real brother. Each of you describe, and whichever one you can go first, your fondest memory of the other one. <laughs> there was one time I was sneaking back in from monster hunting and Kurt was trying to cover for me. And so all he had was this milkshake and my parents were about to like look over and see me literally just like caked with blood and mud and this giant sword on my back. And so he just threw the milkshake forward onto both of our parents and it got all over the kitchen floor. It got all over <laughs> them and they were so distracted that I was able to make it to my room okay. As you're telling that story, you see um, the face of Tulianne starts to kind of like shift a little bit. It's similar to the face y'all saw in the Guardian holograms earlier, and it shifts back, but there's a single tear that falls down their face, and it actually looks like ice cream. <laughs> I, I laugh reminiscing about that story, and I say, I, I remember it was in second grade, and it was the first time I... I ever got picked on, and I remember Julianne just, you know, found me afterwards on the playground and, you know, really kind of explained to me how you have to learn to stand up for yourself and what you think is right, regardless of what everyone else is telling you. And seeing her be so, so strong on a regular basis throughout our childhood, it helped form me into who I have become to be. and. You know, without my sister in my life, I wouldn't, I may not be sitting right here talking to a, a deity the way I am or what I'm perceiving to be a deity. I don't know what you actually are and it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, either you're going to end us or keep us going. And I hope, I hope it's the latter, but with a positive outcome for you. He represents everything good. I, he represents what this world can be and who people can be and who you could be, what you could have. If, if this world isn't lost to your indifference. As y'all are saying this to them, you start to see in this open field just different versions of Kurt from different ages just being goofy and lovable and just all these different scenarios and seeing just it seems like psychic constructs are just like popping up all around all of you and they then look up they look towards charlie and conrad and say well, 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 well these two well, well, have each other but not everybody has somebody 
with these memories and they look at Conrad and say, I know that you've been alone since your dad died and I don't think you want anyone around. Why do you think this place is worth saving if you choose to isolate yourself when you're not on a hunt? Honestly, I learned a lot of mistakes from my dad. When he passed, the only thing that I had left for my name was Gertrude. Which is a minivan, it's like a home but on wheels. Or it's a house on wheels. But uh, it wasn't until I met these individuals did that house feel like a home. And through bonding and kind of just... And he just kind of like looks down, he's like, I'm not very good with the words. But I'm a better man from knowing people like Kurt and Julianne and Charlie backslash August. Julianne is crying now. <laughs> Conrad almost looks like he wants to cry, but it's like the, the toxic masculinity is holding it back. Yeah, so as just... Conrad is trying to uh, hold back tears, he then sees up here behind uh, Tulianne his van. And I, and I think that Conrad probably just starts busting down crying. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just, just one just solid one, tear. One. Yeah, but it's the most you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> they look towards Charlie and just say, well, I hear all of you and I, and I, and I get that. And I just don't. What happens when the four of you are gone? What happens when I make new friends and they leave too because they're not like me what happens whenever I try to decide to leave again I'm not what you would call a courageous man um I never wanted to to be a hunter um I I had watched Julianne there, there was a lot of hunters that are kind of mean, I guess. I don't know, out for themselves. But Julianne was never like that. And I've seen Conrad come into the building. He's a, he's a bit surly. I thought he was scary at first. And, you know, his, his coffee's really bad. But he did save some of the nice stuff for me. So I, I, I appreciate that. And Kurt made me want to be a more courageous person i you know he he doesn't have powers or training like the rest of us and he ran into danger headfirst without thinking of himself and i'd like to the chance to be more like that someday me not august and if it's somebody that you want to be around that'll be there forever i i I think august might be your guy um he's been around a while if we could just you know figure out a way to get him out of here and kind of out there that would be good i just like the chance to to try to do that and i would like to use the power of the heart which is what i took for leveling up i because of the impression that Kurt had made on Charlie, he uh, sort of molded himself in Charlie's image, and he took the power of the heart so I can take a 10 on a help out roll. Okay. Julianne looks to you, Charlie, and says, well, first of all, I can, if you would 
like to try to see what it's like without August, I can help with that. You're not going to destroy him, are you? No, I can just help sever the ties that hold you two together, but I don't know if that's what you really want, because I don't think that you are any less capable of August than what you do, and I don't think either of you are going to be stronger apart, and I think that that is why we ran. I think that we realized that apart we were weak, and together we had each other, and I think I know what we could do if the four of you were willing. So what you need is for my power to stay here. And what I need is to not have this power or these responsibilities. And this world and all the other worlds past it, they're just the wills of, of, of power manifesting itself. And I could live a normal life if the four of you took my power and stayed in this world and did what you need it what you need me to do that I can't do and you wouldn't have to kill me but you all would have to agree to to take on this power and to never have anyone else understand you but the four of you I'll do it. I've never turned down a job before. Half of me already lives, dies, whatever. I, you get it. I knew there was a reason for everything I was doing. I just wasn't exactly sure what it was until today. So yeah. I'll do it. And they just look up, and for the first time, you now see their face as you saw in the hologram fully. They no longer look like a shadow version of Julianne, and they just pick up their sword, and similar to um, how you saw like Julianne break the shield, they, uh, they take the sword and just kind of snap it in half, and a blast of light surrounds all of you and once it dissipates you now see just a human they look they look normal they look just like everybody else in the world but you know that it's the guardian and they're now human form and the four of you all find yourself with the powers to shape and mold this dimension as you see fit and they just look up at you and just say I remember when I made this one planet in particular and thought there's something about it and now I know I was right and they just start to walk off into the beautiful peaceful field in the sunset I'm gonna wave to the deity and just say, you can come back anytime. Be sure to grab an ocean water. I create one for them. Yeah, ocean waters just start raining from the sky. Oh, okay. We don't 
don't have a no, handle no, on okay, this yet. Uh, uh, I act like I'm turning a faucet off in Wee. midair. You turn a faucet off and they uh, stop, stop raining and the four of you uh, share a thought all at once thinking we might need a little bit of practice first. I think Julian turns around to all of them and just says, so um, monster hunting's going to look a little different now, huh? I'm, I mean, should we still be hunting them? I mean, we're... If they created them. No, I just I just mean this is a drastic career change. We're going to have to seriously sit down and talk through it. Yep. Too true. Well, oh, yeah. And the four of you now find yourselves with the powers of everything that this dimension has flowing through it, and you can alter and change it as you see fit. Four. Yeah, what this is gonna be. Can I assist in any way? Please, yes. First of all, Winston, you're gonna give me three use magic rolls in a row. Okay. The first one is 13, the second one is 7, and the third one is 8. And then imagine if you're attempting to help with this, you're going to also give me a use magic roll for weird. That is an 11. So imagine Winston form this giant Godzilla, and you hear George Beholder go, Oh, okay, I see what we're doing. We're, okay, <laughs> let's do it fighting game style, and let's do one of the classics, Clay Fighter. And we're gonna we're gonna do this one bout, me versus Godzilla. Y'all are gonna pilot Godzilla kinda like a mech thing, and then we'll see winner of that, we you know if you, if y'all beat me, I'll stay. We'll hang out and play video games forever. But if I win, well, I guess I'm gonna leave and then, you know, go hang out with my friends and I guess well, you already know that story. You're all gonna die and your dimension's gonna die with you, but you know, I'll I'll die later. But eventually but you know, I think there's pretty good stakes. Fuck it, let's Power Rangers this shit. Let's do it. Oh, okay, yeah, I mean. Y'all are, like, forming up, and so there is the the head of Godzilla, his tail, his arms, and his legs. Those are the four parts you can control. Each of you choose one. I want his face. I'll take tail. I'll do legs for stomping. Ron will, will by default, get the hands. I'm going to be a little claw boy. It's going to be great. Clawing him out. George Beholder forms in front of you as a giant taffy man in front of you, which is, which is no one's going to know. This is, it's from from Clay Fighters, uh, the game nobody plays or likes. Joel, you're hitting the you're hitting the hot references. You're you're hitting a, a reference so deep. Yeah, no that's one what people it. like is references. That's what people crave. Y'all are now in this Godzilla mech in a weird hack version of Clay Fighters. Who's going up first? Uh, I want to whip him in the face with with our All right, tail. So yeah, try to swing that tail and give me a tough roll. Ooh, double sixes again, which is another fifteen. Uh, you just do a one eighty tail swipe and just slap George Beholder in his taffy body. As some of it just like flies off the screen, and you now can all see above you that there's two giant bars on each side. The side of George's it looks like it went down a little bit. 
As a side note, um, my body and weapon are considered holy and therefore a weakness. Does that mean Godzilla's also- So the tail also- whip will count as a holy attack. And so as George Beholder is like, ha ha, that wasn't that hard. He goes, ah shit, that was the angel part. And then you see a bit more of their bar goes down. <laughs> That's what we call a 360 uh, no-scope tail. <laughs> okay. 360. Uh, sure. I picked up on the gamer <laughs> lingo. That's, that's pretty good, Ron. Uh, yeah, so Chet, you're going to give me a tough roll to see about avoiding a, a taffy punch from George Beholder, since you are the feet. Okay, to kind of like well, yeah, you're the shuffle feet, out of so the you way. Got, you got to move Godzilla around. Got to move. A nine. You are able to dodge a little bit, but you do get hit. A little bit of your bar goes down, but not, not completely. Winston and Ron, what are you all doing as the hands in the face? Atomic breath. This is going to be a weird check. Let me give a, a help action here because I want to say in in the Godzilla movies, Godzilla usually like puts his arms up and then like spreads them <laughs> for a, like like, yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, so like I'm, I'm, I'm like my arms are are clenching, powering up the atomic breath. Ron is trying to do that, but Ron's father instincts are still kicking in, and it's weird too because you're all part mm. of this Godzilla mech, but you're all can move separately. And so Winston is charging up a blast, but then instead of like putting their arms up for like a cool charge, Ron is just petting the Godzilla face. It's like a sweet thing and Ron's trying to make it look cool, but he really just uh, misses his son. (laughs) But it is helping though, because it's weird, but it's very calming. So you will get a plus one since Ron was doing this in aid of fighting a monster. It's okay. it I just understand you're gonna be embarrassed by me, but I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed to show my love to you, Win. <laughs> I love you too, Dad. This is really weird, but thanks, I guess. Winston charges up and lets out uh, a big blast from Godzilla's mouth, and it does hit the Laffy Taffy George Beholder. As soon as uh, Winston finishes that, it does open you all up for an uppercut attack as a large chunk of your bar, almost sizable to what Winston did with the blast, is knocked out. You all are knocked back again, and chat, give me an act under pressure roll to see how you are able to stabilize yourselves. Nine. Chat is able to do a little bit of a ricochet parry attack, and knocks back George Beholder, and you see George Beholder kind of like step back a little bit, and they're like swinging in front of them as the Taffy character until eventually you can see him doing a couple of combos until eventually you see them start like reaching out and stretching their hand out and like what seems to be a big giant fist as you can only assume that George Beholder is trying to figure out all the moves list for this character. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. He's just like wait. ducking and blocking a lot. Yeah. Can I cast Jinx and make him trip and fall over onto his face? Can I help by using a little foot too? Yeah, so roll roll that. <laughs> that is an eight. Uh, you do trip them using Jinx, but then what happens is they fall over, and then you see Mr. Rossetti pop out and just start screaming about how that's not in the rules. And so a little bit of health uh, regens back on on the other bar. Can I try to stomp Mr. Rossetti back in his yeah. hole? Give me a tough check. I got a two. <laughs> you try to go stomp Mr. Rossetti and no matter what anyone else sees, Chet has control of the leg, so it's kind of just depending where the position of this Godzilla is. And the Laffy Taffy just comes up and just, like, punches y'all with a mega hit, and y'all have just, like, one little bit of health left. They're at about half a bar. Okay, gang, we can do this. 
We need to come together and realize that together we are more powerful than any one eternal being. Yes, we should, and we have about three seconds to do so. Oh. Let's go. Oh, okay, then. Let's, <laughs> let's all uh, do that thing in the old Godzilla movies where we send all of our energy into his little tail spike thingies and make them, like, electrified for a mega super atomic breath. So everyone send your energy into the tail or into the, the back spiky fin thing. All right, so every, everyone's sending their energy back to you, imagine, as the tip of, of Godzilla's tail starts to glow as the rest of it lights up with it. And so imagine you're going to give me a tough roll and you're going to get a plus one on top of your tough score. That is an 11 plus 3 is 14. Yeah. Y'all are Power Ranger moving it up, fighting inside uh, against yourselves in the air. And then and then George Beholder sends a taffy fist for Godzilla's <laughs> head as Chet immediately just does like a split as Godzilla and then pops back up doing like a roundhouse tailspin. Just one hit killing George Beholder as the taffy form. And you all find yourself back in mini nodes. K.O. Yes! Oh. Hell yeah. George Beholder goes, ah, oh, shit, all right, that was a pretty good one. All right, I guess y'all win. I'll stay here, and we're playing video games forever. Yeah. Oh, forever, dog? Yeah, that's what the terms y'all you just agreed to, is that either, like, you know, I win, and I get to go leave and hang out with friends, or you wanted me to stay, and so I said, if you win, I'll do what you want, and we play video games forever. All right, Mr. Beholder, the, 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 the mini nodes is, is open for you if you need that. Yeah, yeah, great. And, yeah. and we play, and we play uh, video imagine. games like, you play video games like regular before, like where there's not like high stakes and you die if you die in the video game. Because it's cool to like pretend to like almost die, but like we hate dying, dog. So. Yeah, that's fine. Like, like we can do that. Like I said, we just, as, you know, we'll, we, don't, we don't have to have those kind of stakes. We just yeah. play video games forever. No, man, let's hang. Uh, Imagine. Hold, hold on. Uh, forever for you guys is a little bit shorter than forever for me. Oh, is... no, I can make their forever the same as yours, uh, Ooh, honestly. That, I... also, that also does not help your case, good sir. I'm just gonna stab him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll to, roll to kick some ass. A fate worse than death. That is a seven. You stab George Beholder, and it does seem like your trident does harm him a lot. It will negate all of his armor, which he has three armor points. And you stab him and do three damage to him. He just looks up and goes, oh, all right. And then you just see George Beholder's hand reach up and smack Imagine back as they go flying through the wall, and Imagine's going to take three harm. Oh, no. Sorry, guys. George Beholder then, like, stands up, and their body is once again enveloped in this dark flame as it seems like they're summoning, like, a void fireball in their hand to toss at you. I am feeling like I want to deliver a good old chill-out punch. All right, so roll a kick some ass. That's an 11. Chill out! You get to choose one extra off the 10 plus list. I inflict terrible harm. Right, and then do you know what the base harm of your attack is? The attack has two harm, close, obvious, ignore armor. So yeah, you punch George Beholder and it does seem to go through their armor. 
And he just looks at you and just goes, Aw, man, are all of you about to do this? And then you see the same thing. George Beholder just slaps Winston, and oh! Winston goes uh, flying back and hits the wall, and part of Winston's face has secondary burns, as Winston is going to take two harm. Ooh. Chet and Ron, what are you two doing? Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you what here, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Undersided or, or Beholder, or you know, whatever uh, name you were going to... I was ready to talk it out with you, play games forever, if that would have saved humanity uh, uh, but you just hit my boy and so now i have to smack you and <laughs> with the the rebuilt mini nodes i assume i can i can grab a weapon that's relatively near me you know so, something that that i like personally is just is skillets i love cooking utensils and so i assume yeah, there's all, that there's yeah, some there's, sort there's, of heavy there's a cooking skillet utensil. in this even though it's the media room there's still like a skillet uh you, well you like to serve your cornbread in the skillet uh that's got the best flavor yeah. so Absolutely. So, so I'm I'm gonna take right. a big old swing. Oh, jeez. That's what we call a fail. Ah, uh, right there. This might be a good luck moment. I I I, I say I, maybe I trip over my feet, uh, <laughs> and and I end up hitting him uh, where I wasn't intending to hit him, and maybe that's where the the like mm -hmm. the dip in his armor was. So I used a luck okay, point. So got I'm gonna well. give you a choice. Would you rather do more harm to him, or would you rather take no damage? You're still gonna do some harm to him. I am going to say take no harm. Take two damage past his armor. You still are gonna gonna hit them, um, but that's fine. You are able to just like dodge out of a way of just say of avoid flame blast. Um, and Chet, sure. what are you doing? So while um, the undecided or George Beholder has been distracted by all of this going on, um, at which I'm assuming that he's been his attention has been mm -hmm. focused on the other three team members, Chet has tried to sneak around him. Okay. Uh, to to stab him in the back, Chet pulls out a, a Bowie knife with a dark stained handle um, and says, "Sorry, Julianne," and uh, I'd go to stab him. All right, roll. To kick some ass. I got a 10. I'm guessing that'll do one harm. And then if I, I have sneaky, so if I attack from behind, I get plus two. So that is plus three harm. I am going to um, inflict terrible harm. So what you do, four so Four harm. Yeah. I'll say because you because the sneaky, that is going to ignore the armor altogether. And then the other okay. two have been negated by armor, so you're going to do two points in total actually getting through. Uh, you do that, you're, the hand that had the, the hand on the blade that went into George Beholder's back just immediately gets engulfed in some flame, and you're going to take two harm. Okay. And you're going to, like, the, you lose that blade as it just stays embedded in their back. Oh, if only I had more knives! Imagine you're able to get back up and get uh, come back inside now. I sit up, brush some of the wall from me, and I'm going to pull out the trident. Also, you do realize now that um, your wings do seem to be back in this world with you, not just because they weren't in here, then you got them in the video game, but you do have your wings again, just so you know. We are also inside, and I don't want to have to bust through a ceiling again, but goddamn, I will if I have to. <laughs> I'm going to charge at him and try and impale him on my trident. All right, uh, roll a kick some ass. That is a 10. All right, cool. And then you get to choose one off the 10 plus list. Uh, inflict terrible harm. So you do four, and that's going to negate all of uh, his armor because it's holy. You stab George Beholder, and they just look like this This one blow is like taking them down. They just let out this giant scream as a blast surrounds them, exploding all of many nodes uh, in every direction. 
and each of you are gonna take two harm as you're just blasted back with this uh, like sonic flame blast. Can I? Can I? Uh, can yeah. I protect someone? Can I like throw yeah, myself you can try to over? Throw yourself win? over win. Uh-huh. And can I? Can I mark luck to avoid harm? You can. Uh, you can mark luck to avoid that harm. Okay. As I stab into George Beholder, I, I know. I guess you weren't much to behold after all. Uh, what was your role, Ron? Uh, my my role's a, an eleven. Nice. Uh, to protect someone. So uh, Winston will not take any harm. Ron, you instead of taking both harm, you will just take uh, both of Winston's harm. You'll just take one extra harm, so you'll take you'll take three okay. instead of two. But you now see George Beholder snaps their finger and. Uh, you start to see around you appearing uh, the digital void uh, hounds that uh, they had sent away earlier, starting to surround the four of you as you're now in like an open area with many nodes destroyed all around you. And uh, George is starting to just envelop more in this kind of uh, dark flame energy. I want to chuck some throwing knives at him. Do it. The roll tough. Seven. So you chuck some throwing knives at him. How much do your knives do? One. You throw like four daggers. All of them just kind of burn up. Like they're not really piercing the armor. Chet just gets a blast right back for three harm. Oof. As like as Chet just kind of gets knocked back. Winston, what are you doing? All right. Just gonna sort of at him. All right, cool. Yeah, so just give me a weird roll. You can try to use some magic just to put all your feelings at George. <laughs> I'd like to use a luck point if possible. Yes, you can. Because that was a three. It's a luck point. That's a 12. So you all see Winston watches Ron jumps in front and takes the blow for him. And he sees Chet just get knocked back and it's just like burnt. Imagine is holding their ground, but, you know, still looking rough. And Winston just starts to to just feel angry and upset and confused and scared, everything all at once. And he doesn't really know what to do. And he starts to just, like, lash out. And all of you see this dark energy kind of, like, shoot outward from Winston and then retract. And then to Winston... Everything kind of just stands still, and you see your mom standing in front of you again. No one else sees it except for Winston. And she just puts her hand on your shoulder and just goes, Let me show you how to help. And the dark energy then turns into a bright light and surrounds all of you, and then just starts to pierce through George Beholder, as if just hundreds of knives made of light just start piercing every section of George as you just see Winston is just kind of like floating and controlling all of this power and imagine sees that this is happening and they run and they land one final blow on George Beholder as you see their entire six foot tall void flame tree and form just light up and just shatter. That sends a ripple across the whole dimension that y'all are in. It shatters all of the void beast around you. You just feel a calm as the four of you are standing in the area that used to be Mini Notes Cafe, but the four of you have saved your dimension. Hell yeah. Dad, I think we need to move. <laughs> oh, I, 
Whatever. I'm just so proud of you, boy. I'm just... I am so sorry, Ron. I could not, in good conscience, let that thing (laughs) exist. (laughs) Like like I said, imagine these buildings, they can be rebuilt, but the... Knowing that you kids are okay, that's all that matters to me. Oh, and Winston, that was fantastic. Yeah. That was uh, amazing. Yo, we saved the universe, dog. We did it. Oh, I am really tired. Wait, wait where's the car? Should we go to like get uh, uh, to the oh, hospital? No, no, dude, I told you there's no cars no more. We, we don't have any of those. Oh, jeez, Louise. Chet. Our transportation system here is awful. <laughs> what are we doing to do? I mean, you can fly, right? <laughs> Oh, yes, that's right. With all but one prime dimension surviving, the dimensional line was able to right itself once more. The energy of the Nexus no longer overflowed, but was stronger than ever. In Prime 1, without any working cellular services or her trusty van, Cindy had to shuffle home. While the world outside of Edminions had its own trouble that day, Susan knew that when Cindy returned with the familiar cold look on her face, that she was surely in the middle of whatever caused these catastrophic events. Right as Susan began to question Cindy about what happened, that's when she saw it. Cindy was carrying a dusty, rubble-covered terrarium with Eugene the bearded lizard inside. At that moment, Susan knew the toll Cindy and her friends had to pay. To this day, no one but Cindy in all of Prime 1 knows what happened that day at Edminions. Even after years went by, Cindy refuses to talk about what happened that day, or even mention the events she helped craft in the Nexus. In Prime 2, Julianne and her companions wasted no time. Bringing the order up to speed and giving Gertrude a well-deserved tune-up, the four of them were off to reset all the wrongs that came to their world from Julianne's time in the Nexus. Julianne did what she could to help rewrite the evils of the world, but realized that messing with creation brings complications of their own. Dedicated to continuing her mission, she spends her time training all that seek to protect the weak and fight against tyranny. Kurt found that even with cosmic powers at his fingertips, the adventuring life wasn't for him. He set his sights on helping those that are lost in the world find their own path. He was last seen teaching a group of centaurs how to properly tune their tambourines. Julianne is still waiting on him to check in. Conrad spends his time helping those who seek knowledge. Finding the best way to truly fight evil isn't hoarding collections of relics and ancient texts, but to help spread this information into the world. No longer will he hide in the shadows like his fathers before him. Conrad now travels the cosmos in Gertrude, seeking those who wish to learn. Charlie spends his time helping people understand they don't have to be the big hero to help out. Being normal is okay too. Charlie spends his time making sure people understand how to get through their day-to-day lives easier while August makes sure that Charlie and everyone learns the lesson of getting out of your comfort zone every once in a while. 
the two of them have never been happier. The Chosen Ones of Prime 4 found themselves in a world without working cellular networks, or their cars had been disabled and most things still can't fly. However, Ron, Winston, Imagine and Chet found themselves in the best spirits of their lives despite it all. Ron's past life as a mechanic came in handy when every car in the world suddenly broke down. In no time he was able to rebuild Mininode's cafe for Winston and his friends while also adding on a car shop to the side. After Ron got sucked into video games, he lost his taste for them. He's just happy that not only does he have his son, Winston, back, but that Imagine and Chet are part of the family now. Winston and Imagine run mini-nodes together. With their magical abilities and tech savviness, the two of them create a new groundbreaking form of virtual reality unlike anything the world had ever seen. Although he helped create it, Winston still manages to find ways to die in video games you're not supposed to die in. While Imagine never thought that their destiny would be to live side by side with humans and working at a video game cafe, they felt a calm that they never knew before. They no longer felt the need to search for a purpose. Chet has still never gotten what happened to him in the Nexus exactly straight to anyone. Every time he remembers it a little differently or adds in a detail he forgot, but one thing is still crystal clear to Chet from that day. The promise he made to Julianne, and how he wasn't able to keep it. Chet was the first to return to the demolished mini-nodes. He didn't know why he went back alone, but when he did, he found his crystal necklace. He was overjoyed at first, but then remembered. He had given it to Cindy, who returned to Prime 1 but their worlds were supposed to be sealed off. And if they weren't... Seasons was created and edited by Joel Ruiz and is a property of the Critical Bits podcast. Narration by Jack David. Opening tracks provided by People Need Goals. Featuring voices of Adam LeGrave, Rebecca Parks, David Rodriguez, and Beck Shepard. Season's cast list is as follows. Danielle Bryn, Cole Burkhart, Kyle Classett, Brian Eamond, Alex Flanagan, Brandon Leon Gambetta, Taylor Johnson, Shelby Lee, Zalavia Nelson Jr., Jack Packard, Renee Rhodes, Eve Smith, Shannon Strucci, Patrick Tracy, Dallas Wheatley, and Aaron Willems. For links to the cast's Twitter, People Need Goals music, and more info on the show, please visit seasonsminiseries.com. 
Also, please consider supporting Critical Bits on Patreon, so they can continue to bring you more actual play events. Hey everyone, it's Joel. I just want to say thanks for listening to Seasons. It was a lot of fun making it. It took about six months from the actual concept of the story to recording to editing all together. And I really appreciate the support of everyone that was in the cast of it. It was a pretty hectic schedule and just a big thanks to them. I especially want to thank Jack David for their narration and the use of People Needs Gold's music for the opening tracks and then the closing tracks for this last episode. Jack was a huge help in the whole process of making seasons, and I highly recommend checking out all their stuff. And as always, go check out the entire cast. It was 16 amazing players. All of their information is listed on seasonsminiseries.com. You can find them. They're all great role players. I would highly suggest playing with any of them. And special thank you to Brian Emon for playing Monty all four of those times, and to our amazing voice actors. If you enjoyed the series, please let us know. Also, tell your friends. We definitely need word of mouth. I would love to do more of these. If you want to tell anyone about the series, you can use hashtag SeasonsMiniseries or just refer them to SeasonMiniseries.com. This is a standalone thing, so if you want to try to get someone interested in Critical Bits for the first time, you can show them this. It's only six episodes, and it's done. It is a little bit longer, but it is a whole self-contained story. I do plan on doing more of these actual play events. Make sure to check out Spider Day if you haven't listened to it already. And coming in April 17th, 2020, we're going to be doing Spider Day 2, the real story of Spider Day. And I already have plans for the next uh, kind of, I don't know, I don't want to call it season style because it's not the same kind of style of story, but just, you know, a larger group uh, that I'm, I'm working on now. So if you enjoyed this and would like to support us and see more actual play events from us, please go support us on Patreon. All the money we get from Patreon goes back into this show, and if we can start making more money, I can start doing more of these. I would love to be able to actually pay some of the people that were working with us. I, you know, like I said earlier, I had to do a lot of scheduling with everybody, and everyone was very accommodating, and then we got to use amazing music from people, and then we got narration, and I would love to be able to, like, kind of pay it back forward. And, you know, I'm not saying that we're never going to do these unless we get make money, but, you know, I would like to make some money. And also, I'm really proud of this, and so thank you for listening to it. So once again, if you want to tell anyone about it or tell me that you liked it, just tweet at us at CriticalBitCast and use the hashtag SeasonsMiniseries. You won't really get your name in anything because it's, it's done, but I'll, I'll, I'll be thankful for it. And once again, thank you to all the cast and everyone that participated and helped out along the way, and I hope you enjoyed it.